Welcome back to the TNT BNB podcast. On these episodes, we will be bringing in a guest host to rank our favorite movies from a certain year. So sit back, mix a drink, and enjoy the show. Listener beware, we will be spoiling the shit out of all of these movies. Here we go again. We are back with our year in review podcast. I think this might have been the longest break we've had. Probably six weeks. I think. Yeah. And the one before, we had one when you were in training that time. That was, that was five a, weeks. That was a, yeah, I was gone for a while. But yeah, it's a 1995. I was seven years old. <laughs> I was 10. I was 11. First year I really remember watching sports, honestly. Like, really actually knowing what was going on, kind of. Yeah. That was the year of the double, the Edgar Martinez year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great game. No doubt. Um, See, I, I was a huge Red Wings fan during this time. Yeah, that was the year they went to the, they lost to the Devils um, in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's when uh, they had... Fuck. I wish I remember his name, but he was like the top littlest guy, but he was a fighter. Um... Uh, can't remember <clears throat> but that was the year like 94 95 they were uh, like straight blood talking about dino cicerelli that's who it is dino <laughs> fucking dino that's it he's a hall of famer i'm pretty sure i love dino God he was damn. my boy but yeah i was a huge red wings fan hockey fan collected a shitload of hockey cards that year they still had the drought at that point too they hadn't won in like 40 years and yeah they lost in the cup to the devils and they were heavily favored and they got swept so, this is a good year. I mean, it's yeah, I didn't we had get a, to watch as much as I wanted, I guess, which is weird because we had a lot of time. But I moved in the process, so yeah, we, we had a bit of a lull from '96. Was a down year comparatively, for yeah. Sure. So we're back up to doing nine and one worst or eight, one age worst. worst. Age, yeah. And '94 is going to be about the same. There's a lot of yeah. Stuff. The next few years are pretty well. strong, I think. I yeah. think I kind of did a brief look back all the way to '90. They're all pretty think, good years. Yeah. We can definitely keep it at nine and one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did have to do a few throw-ins because we all had a lot going on, and we had a lot of podcasts in the last month that we did, and other movies, and so I had to throw a few in. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I didn't have anything hooked up for like a week of that too. Like not yeah, really. Like right. I didn't have my Chromecast set up, so I was literally like watching things on my phone. I'm like, this is not <laughs> yeah. the way to do this, but. But yeah, uh, you want to do the honors with the age the worst? Yes. Hold on. Mm. Damn, he went through. We're drinking McMaster's and uh, Diet Pepsi, by the way. Shocker. We're doing Grizzly Men over on my end here. So, growing up as a child, I was a huge Batman fan, and this is the year they released Batman Forever. With Mr. One. Freeze. No, that's no, Batman that, and Robin. It says Riddler. Batman Forever this is the Riddler. Jim yeah, that's one. Yeah. Not good. I, I don't know. Val Kilmer. Yeah. So it's IMDb at five point four, Meta fifty one, Tomato thirty eight, Audience thirty two, Worldwide three hundred thirty six million. Well, it's a three hundred thirty six point six million. I'll round up. Budget a hundred million. Director Joel Schumacher. Mocker. Mocker. Val Kilmore, Tommy Lee <laughs> Jones, Jim Carrey, Nicole Kidman, Chris O'Donnell, Drew Barrymore, 
Debbie Mazar and John Favreau. I don't remember John Favreau. Yeah, he's in it. I don't really remember Nicole Kidman. I know she's in it, but I can't picture her. This this was like like the height of her. She was so hot in this movie. Yeah. I have not watched this movie in 15 to 20 years. I have not rewatched it. I just she was remember, a reporter love interest. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just remember going to this movie in theaters and walking out and was just very upset with how that went. You were not that age. You See, were I wasn't upset at it back in the day. I I, I, was, I was comparing it to like some of the other ones ish, like, like Batman with Nicholson. Two. Yeah. Well, this is the first post. Burton one. Yeah, I mean, I grew up four or five years old watching that with my cousins because my cousins were older. Mm. And so I looked up to it very highly. And then I go and see it. And I mean, it wasn't like disappointing as bad. I remember walking out not being happy. But then I watched it again. Like, a few, I watched it tons of times afterwards, but it's still just. Not a good movie. So that's all I would like to say. About it's, that. it's yeah, it's not good, but it's still very comic-y where they're just like. I mean, Schumacher took this one and dialed it up to eleven for Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Just I can picture the scene season. where Tommy Lee Jones is getting raised up on a on like a safe in a helicopter, like he's standing in a big safe kind of. Yeah, yeah. and he just looks fucking terrible, mm-hmm. like. Not like cool, like how they do with it, you know, Aaron Eckhart. With yeah. It's like, oh, his face is fucked. Like, this guy's and deformed. Jim Carrey, <laughs> like, he's just his crazy self. He went way over the top. He went way over the sure. top with this well, one. This was like sure. the peak of his powers, too. Yeah. Yeah. When he so, was in everything. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I think they could have went a whole different way with this and made it better, but maybe choose a couple different actors and what they chose. But I honestly thought Val Kilmer was fine. As Val Kilmer is a good Batman. Right. But I'm talking, let's talk about, uh, like I said, Jim Carrey. I mean, he could have dialed it down, or they could have found somebody that could have made it a little darker. Well, I was say, they made it too It was campy. too campy, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not believable in a, any way. Like, that's what I think it Nolan is. It's like are. the other ones were so serious. Well, I think well, the, I think also the Nolan movies ruined these movies for us, especially yeah. to take seriously that, at yeah, all. Yeah, that's that's a valid point too. You're like, dude, this is those are way better. And 100%. I'm really curious to see what Paul Dano does as the Riddler. I think it's a good casting when yeah. you think of it just in. Oh, that seems right. And the trailer looked fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he's a good so. actor too. Underrated, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I don't have <clears throat> much else. Yeah, I haven't seen it in so long. I couldn't tell you full storylines and shit. Yeah, I can't so. tell you the full storylines. I just remember... It's roughly the Riddler using television to brainwash or yeah. mind control. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But. All right. <clears throat> My age the worst. I actually rewatched this because I liked this movie 10 years ago, but did not laugh this time at all. Friday... Yeah, I considered that. I was surprised because well. I I liked that movie a lot when I was in my twenties, even. Sure. So, anyways, Tomato Meter seventy eight, audience ninety one. IMDb is seven point three, meta fifty four. Directed by F. Gary Gray, written by Ice Cube and DJ Pooh. 
Like Winnie the Pooh, not Pooh, like Pooh. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea he wrote it. I didn't either. I guess it kind of makes sense because he's the main guy and he's yeah. kind of running everything. But uh, budget three and a half million. U.S. twenty-seven point five. Worldwide twenty-eight point two. It's got Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, Regina King, Nia Long. I didn't write everybody down. Uh, the guy from that was in uh, the Fifth Element who plays the president. The, oh, the black guy with the weird one. eye. Yeah. yeah. And then the guy who is in the It's Always Sunny episode where they have the Eagles tryout. He's the guy that's like, Sprints, Sprints. I think he's like, he kind of looks like Warren Sapp. Kind of. Yeah, he was the. Not even being like racial there. Just like he literally actually looks like Warren Sapp to me. I can't remember his character. He's the. He's the drug. He's the, the bad guy. Yeah, the bad guy. Yeah, there's kind of two bad guys. There's. The two guys I've just mentioned, one of them just goes in and robs people all the time. And then the other guy, he owes him, Chris Tucker owes him drug money because he keeps smoking the stuff he's supposed to be selling. Mm-hmm. There are little parts that still age, like the, there's the gif, obviously, of the damn, like yeah. that, that's stayed alive for 25 years. Still I mean. alive, yeah. Um, but again. It, it just isn't that, it's, and part of it. I think it's more of a black comedy, obviously. It's for black people. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, there are things I laugh at, but there's a lot of things that are culturally I just don't really understand. That's yeah, like, well could be. That's like Tyler Perry films and stuff like that. I don't think they're that. This movie's not that bad. Well, it's like Tyler just, Perry's, it just aged poorly. Tyler Perry's upcoming of like that. Like It's the new era of that stuff. I did like the guy that plays the dad of Ice Cube. He's like, he's a guy that's like very good in the film. Ice Cube's like, in the fridge looking for his food and he's like he comes out and he's like i can't remember he's like garbage man i think or something he's like how come every time i come out and look in the fridge you're in the fridge he's like i want some of them chitlins i like pig's feet like it's just like it's kind of funny like his character but i don't know it just the whole premise is it's one friday where ice cube is supposed to be like kind of a clean dude he doesn't smoke weed and stuff and chris tucker comes over and kind of fucks his day up and he ends up the guy they owe money is going to kill both of them if they don't get the money for him it's just yeah it's got moments but i i think it it's it's not a terrible movie by any means it just doesn't age well especially in within like a eight-year span i probably watched it eight years ago and i liked it then and i did not like it this time and you can even add it like bring it back to his where jim carrey going way over the top chris tucker is kind of oh, doing he, the same fucking thing yeah, and he was heading into the peak, his peak. Yeah, and, that, uh, you know, rush hour was coming, and he did Fifth Element too. You know. Yeah. And kind of playing. He, I mean, the he same. Was, he's he just was playing himself. Typecast kind of that point, yeah. or something. But then he comes back with like silver linings yeah. and shit like this. He's good in that. Yeah, he's really good in it. It's like seeing Chappelle and I know Chappelle's not Chris Tucker, but seeing him in a Stars Stars Born, we're like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I don't know, I. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I just it was really disappointing to rewatch it. Like I was I, like, oh wow, this is not making me laugh. I didn't yeah. rewatch it, but I had considered. Like even that the dad has a scene where he's like in the bathroom, like just like farting in the toilet, and so it makes his son come in and talk to him. And it's just like this is like poop humor right now, and I don't yeah. think th- I think this movie should be better than that. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool to see a young Regina King. I'm yeah. like, oh Regina, he plays Ice Cube. She plays Ice Cube's sister. I was like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> right. I forgot about you. Yeah, I forgot she was been around. She's sure. in Boys in the Hood too, which is a few years away for us. But yeah, but yeah, Friday's mine. 
That makes sense. Mine, uh, it's another Jim Carrey film. Yeah. Loved it as a fucking kid. And I didn't even bother watching it because I know it's a shit fucking movie. It's Ace Ventura when nature calls. Yeah, it's the, it, not just that, it's the worst of the two that they made. <laughs> yeah. It's IMDb a 6.4, Metascore a 45, Rotten Tomatoes 25% tomato meter, 72% audience, $30 million budget, domestically $108 million, $385,533. Worldwide, two hundred and twelve million three hundred ninety-five thousand five hundred thirty-three dollars. Directed by Steve Odedkirk. Odedkirk. Written by Steve Odedkirk, based on the characters by Jack Breston. Who the hell's Jack Breston? He wrote this the first. Movie. Oh, okay. This that was movie. like a comic series I didn't know about. Yeah, like you said, I loved it as a child, but man, did this just not I age never well. liked the second one much, even as a kid. The first one was superior. I, oh, it always was, but I still, I mean, 11 years old, they talk about bad shit. Mm. That's still kind of funny. Yeah. But, like I said, I didn't rewatch it, but I remember the him busting out of the rhino's ass. Like, <laughs> oh, good yeah. lord. Oh, so... Like, Oh my god, I was such a fucking stupid child. Why did I like this We movie? all did though. I know, that's the thing. But do you remember me renting this one by when we tried to do the podcast for the old first when, one? Yeah. We so we rented this one by accident. I had oh to rent my the gosh. First one. <laughs> I think he's like I give him credit though cuz like physical comedy he's so good at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, and I think I mean, even going on to like me, myself, and Irene, we throw some stuff out of the moving vehicle and just stuff like that. It's like he's yeah. really good at that. You could appreciate his talent. Yeah, for sure. But it's also like it's it's either for you or it's like it's you're you're into it, it or it, you're it, not. It is for this movie is for children. Yeah, it's for children. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he's trying to stop a tribal war in Africa. Yeah, they, and by finding a sacred bat. Yeah, that's essentially the movie, which is. Not it's a good ridiculous. plot. No, it's, it's not a good yeah, story. It's foolish. But, <laughs> yeah. Did you rewatch it by chance? No, I haven't seen this movie in 15 years, probably. But You knew that. I knew it was, was like, oh, dear. I had considered Batman, but I still kind of liked that movie. Yeah. I had considered Friday, but I hadn't seen that in a really long time. I actually didn't even finish. I got like, an hour into it because it's like an hour and a half and i was just like i don't know i know i don't want to finish it. this <laughs> this is it the half hour is not watch gonna... this yeah it's on hbo you watch friday no oh, friday. friday okay i thought you watched ace venture because at one point i was like i saw friday on the, li- on the original list i was like oh that, that might make the list and then i watched it i was like oh this might make the list but right. in a, not the way it wants yeah sorry ice cube all right so into, into the, the list, list. I know you don't All rank right. them, but you're number nine. Your I'm gonna go movie. on my first throw-in, and I watched it and I liked it, um, but I chose Outbreak. Um, six point six um, on IMDb, sixty-four meta, tomato meter at fifty-nine, audience of fifty-five, worldwide one hundred eighty-nine. I'll round up again, point nine million. Budget was 50. Director was Wolfgang Peterson. Had Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Spacey, 
Cuba Gooding Jr., Donald Sutherland, and Patrick Dempsey. It's a good cast. Yeah, a yeah. huge cast for sure. Um, I don't think I've ever seen this actually. You know, it's it's a great it film. It's kind of like what's a little bit what's going on with the world today. Was it kind of like Contagion? Not as globally spread. It's yeah. localized. It's okay. all in one little town in California. So it's like this monkey that somebody stole from a testing lab that ended up like being stolen and traded at like a pet place. And then the monkey ended up biting the driver and escaping or something or something in those realms and getting in the woods. And then he ends up getting back on the plane and flying away. And that's where he ends up being on the plane, like just swelling up, like getting sick and um, gets it to his girlfriend and they all die. Yeah, they were, but they were able to contain it in Boston. Yeah, that's where it was. was. But Dustin Hoffman and um, Renee Russo Russo are like divorced, like they're separated. And she works at the FDA or the CDC. She took a job at the CDC while Dustin Hoffman is working for the military. Yeah. So they both kind of end up in the same spot from different locations. He's working for the military. She's working for the CDC. And he was supposed to go to New Mexico, but he got onto this case and realized that he needs to go to California. So as in the military, he kind of redirected the whole route to go to this town. Like, fight, like going against his orders. Mm-hmm. And it was a good call. But like he called his ex-wife and like, this is what's going on. And then they get, finally get a case of everything and realize it's all going into that. And Dustin Hoffman's characters, they're already, she's coming there. Um, but yeah, it's basically like she ends up getting it. And they they found a treatment, which was because they found the monkey. They found patient zero. Yeah, patient zero, which was a monkey that a little girl was friends with in the woods. And yeah, I mean, great movie. Trying to look what else he directed, Wolfgang Peterson. I know the name. He did Troy. He Air did. Force One, Perfect Storm. Mm-hmm. Das Boot, miniseries. Not th- oh, he did the Das Boot movie. That was really good from the early 80s. Yeah, he's done a bunch of shit. Done a lot of German stuff. But yeah, I mean... Did he do Never Ending Story? Or did some kind of fantasy? Labyrinth, maybe? Uh, yeah, he did Never Ending Story. Good call. In the line of fire, Clint Eastwood, 1993. But yeah, in this movie, it's uh, the military are the bad guys because Morgan Freeman and Donald Sutherland are higher up, uh, corporal general, captain, whatever yeah. the fuck. They're above Dustin Hoffman. <coughs> I'm a general. And they're co- they're trying to cover this up because <coughs> 20 years ago, there was an outbreak in Africa that they were on site for. And instead of trying to fix it, they harvested the virus and bombed the village to use it as a viral weapon. Yeah, yeah. And so Bio- they're trying to cover bio this. Bio-warfare. They're, they're ready to bomb the city in California to keep it covered up. And Dustin Hoffman is essentially trying to stop it. 
Okay. And Morgan Freeman has a come to Jesus moment and turns Donald Sutherland in, and they both presumably go to jail. Kevin Costner, or Kevin Costner, Spacey. Kevin Spacey and Cuba Gooding Jr. on uh, Dustin Hoffman's team. Kevin Spacey eventually ends up Spacey. dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. A lot of supporting roles, but still. But yeah, I mean, it was. I don't know. This is a good. It's a good flick. And it, it, I mean, it's not exactly what's going on now, but there's some mirroring. There's some, to yeah, it, there's some similarities. Sure. Yeah, instead of like a they, a bat. They do martial law in the city, and people are fighting against the lockdown and shit. It, how does Russo hold up? Because I only know her from like Major League, and I've always heard she's just not a good actress. I I think she's good. I've liked a lot of shit she's been in actually. Because I learned that Major League was her first movie because <coughs> she was like a model. I think she started as a model, which yeah. I know that happens for a lot of people. But I guess because I didn't watch like I know this year has Get Shorty. I never watched that. Yeah, I didn't that sort of stuff. So I feel like her career was kind of short lived. In a weird way. Well, she was in the Thor movies, a couple of them. Oh, that's right, yeah. And so, I mean, she's still. I feel like she was a bigger star when I was a kid. I was like, oh, Renee Russo. Like, she was almost on the line of in your head as like Michelle Pfeiffer or somebody. Where it's like, oh no. A lot of action films. It seems like she's in the Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah, Yeah, Lethal Weapon. She was in Lethal Weapon. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, maybe she had a better career than I thought. But Um, I don't know. Sorry to distract, but. Yeah. So that was yours. (laughs) My next one, my number nine. It's a funny story. This was going to be my age the worst. And then as I started thinking about it, because I was trying to have having trouble making the number nine, I realized there's a lot of parts that actually make me smile. And I was like, fuck it. I'm putting on the list. Billy Madison. That Um, one almost was my age worst also that it was yeah. almost mine and then i started thinking about i started thinking about silly things in it, and i was like fuck this movie's still funny in parts <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh tomato meter 42 audience 79 imdb is 6.4 metascore 16 oh my god budget yeah. 10 million us 25.6 worldwide 26.5 weirdly written by adam sandler and tim hurley Director Tamara Davis. It was directed by a woman. I would never have guessed that. No. <laughs> and it's got Adam Sandler, Bradley Whitford, not Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Bridget Wilson and and the late Norm Macdonald. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, for Rest sure. Rest in peace. One man. of the, f- you know, when comedians talk about how funny you were, you were fucking funny. And I heard some good clips of him where I was dying. So. Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> off a, the cuff. He's off the cuff. One deadpan. Of the best, for sure. Anyways, I'm sure everybody's seen this, but, you know, it's about a grown man who's just a man-child. His dad runs a company. He wants to leave it to his son, but he won't because his son's such a fuck-up. So he makes his son a deal, go back to school, each grade, go through the grades two weeks at a time or something like that, two or three weeks, through a whole school year, and you graduate from high school, and you can be in line to get the company. I don't know. I was just thinking about funny things. Like, I was looking through the cast, and there was that lady. Like, remember their housekeeper, the black lady? Yeah. She's like, you do this, I'll take my shirt off for you. (laughs) Stuff was, like, making me laugh, and I was like, you know, Doyle rules, and the Chris Farley, I'll turn this damn bus around. Like, I was like, this movie's still actually pretty funny out of his movies. I mean, it's definitely not It's got things that are stupid, of course. 
Veronica, Veronica Vaughn wanted to touch yeah. the hiney. Well, and speaking about rest in peace, like there's that, um, I saw a meme, but there's a movie with Chris Barley and Norm MacDonald at a bar together. Hmm. Well, and they're on I SNL together. And I, maybe it was SNL clip, but it was like they were at a bar. And it's like rest in peace, you two, or something like that. Like you're now, you're both. It's probably together. just a candid photo. I don't think they're in a movie together. I mean, like, they, besides a, this one, I, because they're both cameos, well, like, kind of. Yeah. It was like something. They yeah. might have been. <laughs> they were all three of these guys were fired by Lauren Michaels. <laughs> Obviously, Sandler had a really nice career after. Oh yeah, the two sort of did, I guess. Comedy, you know, stand up. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just one of those ways quotable. It's it's silly. And I had this on VHS. But out of this, this and Gilmore are the two that I think stand up probably the best. Out of I mean, there's still a lot of dumb, ridiculous things. They all have a formula. Sure, sure. Like I said, this definitely wasn't Sandler's. Like worst. the game show or the trivia game at the end when he's like, <laughs> that, that, was, that, that is the worst line. answer I've ever heard. <laughs> And then, of course, he like even insults him further. Was it like? Yeah, and everybody's dumber for hearing it. Yeah. Or something. Like. And then there's like the silly like. The principal was a former wrestler who was possibly like. Wasn't that actually really problematic? Didn't he do something to like, kill a man or something I by mistake? Think so yeah, there's something. And but... he's gonna turn him in for it, so he lets him pass. That was just unrealistic bullshit, but. Yeah, just I don't know. It still makes me laugh. Yeah, I haven't seen it. But that was the clip that actually the scene that did in my head for me was the, you do this, I'll take my shirt off for you. I just was like, that's funny enough. I'm putting it on. And because there's one other movie, he it might be on your list. I won't say it, but that was what I had as number nine. And when I put the two comparison, I was like, I'm more likely to want to watch Billy Madison than that. So yeah, Bridget Wilson. Bridget Wilson. Yeah, isn't that Pete Sampras's wife? Yep. Okay. Bridget Wilson hyphen Sampras. Good job, Pete. You got Veronica Vaughn. <laughs> well, that's mine. All right, mine number nine. I watched pretty early in this review shit. Was Apollo thirteen? Oh, you did, yeah. And IMDb is seven point six. Metascore is seventy seven. Ron Tomatoes, 96% tomato meter, 87% audience, $52 million budget. Domestically, $173,837,933. Worldwide, $355,237,933. It's directed by Ron Howard. Written by, Jesus Christ, can't even read my handwriting. William Boyles Jr. and Al Reinert wrote the screenplay based on the book Lost Moon by Jim Lovell and Jeffrey Kluger. Yeah, you watched that when he was on vacation. Yeah, I watched that. That was four weeks ago? Yeah. I I don't really like uh, biography movies. Mm -hmm. I'd rather watch like a documentary based on the event is that considered a biopic when it's an event or is it just on a person i don't person? think it's yeah i mean i don't think you consider it a biopic but 
uh, based on a I true story. I know you story don't care movie. for biopics very much. Yeah, I'd rather watch a doc. And same thing with like real time events. Yeah, docs are always better. I'd rather watch a documentary because you you know how it ends up. So and you can go in depth. You can go over eight hours or ten hours if you want. And knowing how it's going to end, it kind of eliminates the tension from a movie. Mm-hmm. So, a movie that you know how it ends and it still has tension, I can get behind. Which this one did. We just did United ninety three for nine eleven. Also, I saw that in theaters. Yeah, but that was you know the ending, but you're still on the edge of your seat on what's going on. I had that was kind that, of feeling from Apollo 13. Is that movie well. any good? I watched it once in theaters. I remember thinking it was okay. I liked it a lot. You did? Yeah. It <clears> yeah, it's the one with Cage, right? No, that's uh, World Trade Center. United 93 oh, is about the World Trade Center is the one I watched, so I was like, oh, it was okay. No, United 93 is directed by Paul Greengrass. Oh, okay. About the Yeah, World Trade Center wasn't good. It's not that great. Good call. Sorry to interrupt. No, but I'm just saying, like, a movie that can create tension when you already know the outcome. I can appreciate. Yeah. And this one did that, I thought, pretty well. I mean, Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, Bill Paxton. It's got a great cast. It's a cast. Ron Howard directing. He's, he's fucking great. Always Who is. works in uh, Ground Control? That's Billy Bob, right? Uh, No, Ed Harris. Ed Harris? Yeah. Is there another movie where Billy Bob works in... That's uh, like Space Cowboys, oh. I think. <laughs> but yeah. I've only seen Apollo that. 13 once. I saw it in theaters. Yeah, it's been a long time. I've seen it a ton of times. but I know it's a good movie. It, it's a slow burn. It's not my it's, type of movie because it's not so a, slow. I like slow burns. it's long as shit. I do too. Slow burns are almost like my ideal. But they, they, I like how they also show it from the astronaut standpoint, from mission control, and then you're kind of following Tom Hanks' family as well mm. as everything's going on. So... You're getting three different aspects of the same event happening. You know what I'm thinking of? Is I'm thinking of Armageddon. He's in Armageddon in, the, in some sort of room, isn't yeah, he? Like a military room? You're right, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. Well, he was also in Space Cowboy. Was he? I'm pretty sure yeah, he I was. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, like the effects for the time I thought were pretty good. This it's got nominated for a couple of Oscars at least, didn't it? Yeah, it got nominated for... I don't think it won any. I think it but might have been up for Best Picture. I think even. Best Picture. I think Ron Howard was up for Director. I like Ron Howard. I do, too. Beautiful Mind. Um, I think he did Cocoon, even. Did he really? I think he did. I can look that up. Yeah, where the fuck are one, It won two Oscars. One for sound and one for film editing. Okay. Ed Harris was nominated for supporting. Kathleen Quinlan was nominated for supporting. She was uh, Tom Hanks' wife. wife. Nominated for best writing. Adapted. Uh, set direction, visual effects, and music. So it was up for eight Oscars. Successful movie for sure. Yeah, I like I like hmm. the film a lot. And I hadn't seen it in a long time, so I was really happy I rewatched it. Hacker Coon was directed by Ron Howard. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, you got your token, um, can't remember his brother's name, Clint. 
mm-hmm. he's in this movie as he's in every Ron Howard movie. But that's kind of cool, though. Oh yeah, I think that's awesome. It's just like James Gunn putting his fucking brother. Yeah, fucking. Even the the Wilsons have like a third brother, and he's like in bottle. He's in Bottle Rocket. He's in Rushmore. I think I don't think he's in all of them, but he's got some that's little right. role in like most of them. Yeah. Can't remember his name, but. All right, Trav Dog, what you got? All right. It's an, one I haven't seen in a while, but I I love the actor, and I love the movie. Actually, I like the first one better, but this one works. But I chose Father of Bride 2. Whoa. I, I don't know if I ever saw. I, I saw the I've, first one. I don't think I've ever seen either of them. I love Steve. Or, yeah, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. The fuck did I write? No, oh, no. Okay, we're good. Um, IMDb a six point one, Meta forty nine, Tomato fifty, Audience sixty. Um, worldwide seventy six point six million, budget thirty million. Um, director was Charles Shire. Had Steve Martin, Diane Keaton, Martin Shore, Jane Adams, and Eugene Levy. Jane Adams, she must have been younger, quite pretty young. Yeah. Than that. How was there a second one, by the way? So, did it a second so daughter? Here, no, no. So listen to this. I'll go into this. Okay, give me the uh, full history of Father of the Bride's franchise. So the first one was where his daughter got married and he had to give her up. So his Father of the Bride. Mm-hmm. The second one, um, he's getting ready for retirement. He's putting to put the house for sale, get a condo, bought like a convertible, you know, did his hair, like going through that whole like midlife, mid-life. crisis, but retirement and getting ready to do do everything. So he put his house for sale, and he's not ready for change. But not only is his daughter pregnant, but his wife got pregnant. Okay, I do vaguely remember that. And so then him and her... His he only wo- played part in one of them, though, correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so his daughter is pregnant and his and his wife is pregnant all at the same time. They end up having the babies together, but she left him. It's kind of like the other one I left with. But, like, basically he wasn't willing to change, and then finally, like, oh, no. She, she never left him, but he was just going through a whole cycle thing. And basically, he ended up sold, selling the house, but getting the house back because he wanted to raise his new child, new child in the house in. that he raised his other child children in. And um, I, I don't like, know. I feel like, man, if you're going to retire, you do not want to have a newborn child. Yeah, exactly. But that's why Clint Eastwood's never retired, as we were discussing <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> Okay, I got a twenty year old I'm so staying working. I find this is a great comedy and it didn't age because I've seen it like probably like I, I like Steve 10, Martin. He's tw- a really talented ago, guy. Steve Martin is a great He's like, a good musician role. too, randomly. Yeah, he's he has he does a lot. He does a good comedic role. He does a lot of other things. So I like him as a actor and that's why it didn't age that He's also a classic, always looked older than he is. Yep. Like when he was on SNL, he was like only like 32 and he looked like he was 50. Yeah. So I always enjoyed these movies and we'll probably talk about it in 91. Did they only make two of them? Yeah. 
was he also he's the guy from Cheaper in the do- by the Dozen? Yeah, too, right? well, that's why I was kind of like thinking in my head, like, are these related at all? They're not related, but I remember the first one of that anyway, and it was fine. For yeah, I remember that one. It was cool. Yeah, and that's where you know, the a couple of the kids one... were like kind of famous actors too, if yeah. I recall. But and this was like I said, a throw one, but I also wanted to rewatch it, but we didn't get to it, and I didn't have time, and so I would have never thought of this movie. Yeah, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Who played his like wife and daughter? Did you say? I didn't write down his daughter's name, but she was always hot. Well, his wife has got to be somebody who like his was, wife is looked Diane young Keaton. enough. No, Diane Keaton. Oh, young enough to have a kid. Still yeah, Steve Martin and Diane Keaton. Um, the daughter was some. She played a lot of '90s movies, I guess. But Kimberly Williams something. Hmm. Williams Paisley. Oh, she was a sister on According to Jim. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, I know who that is. According to Jim. I always Jim, found her Jesus. attractive, yeah. My dad used to laugh at that show. He'd be like, how the fuck did he pull that for a wife? <laughs> <laughs> the same thing with, like, King of Queens. King of Queens, yeah, it's always <laughs> like that. All right. We're not out of order, are you? Are we? No. Oh, you I did. Okay. I no. did my eight. You did Apollo, that's right. My number eight. I wonder if this will be on, because none of the sequels have been on our list, but my number eight is Toy Story. Yes. Well, that's on my list. That's my list, I just too. watched that last night, actually. Mm-hmm. That's uh, my number... Tomato Meter, 100. Audience, 93. IMDb, at 8.3. Metascore, 95. Written by John Laster and six other people, including Joss Whedon. I, I've got yeah. them all written down. You have them? You want to read them off? John Lasseter, Pete Docter, Andrew Statton, and Joe Rant wrote the original story. Josh Whedon, Andrew Stanton, Joel Cohen, and... Joel Cohen? Different. Mm. Not that Cohen. And Alex Sokolar wrote the screenplay. I know Pete Docter's involved in all these fucking great So is Lasseter. They're, they're like... Partners, I think they started kinda. Pixar, essentially. Yeah. They were the... Well, this was the first Pixar release... And we forget how groundbreaking this was. I saw this in theaters it, as a kid. It changed the animation yeah, game it's for sure. Unbelievable. I mean, it still looks pretty good. It doesn't look quite as good as some of the newer ones, but sure. like it still looks fine. Uh, budget of $30 million. U.S. It made 223.2. Worldwide, 394.4. Stars Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Don Rickles, John Ratzenberger, Jim Varney. And I'm pretty sure Arlie Ermey has got to be the guy that plays like the little army men. I think it sounds right. like Arlie yeah. Ermey, yeah. but I don't know for sure. Yeah, I just said it was though. <laughs> who was Jim Varney though? I was trying to figure out who he played. He was the uh, the dog, the Slinky yeah. dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then the dinosaur. I was trying to figure out who that. That sounded like almost like Nathan Lane or something. But yeah, it was. I don't uh, think it was. No, it was. It's somebody of note. I just. Yeah, I didn't want to keep writing. That's why I stopped. <laughs> I had a huge fucking cast. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, story about a boy named Andy. He's got some great toys. Toys, especially then, were a big thing. Yeah. That's the thing. That well, I don't know. Nowadays, if you guys in 2021, ever... what are the fucking toys out there still? I don't know if it was because yeah. it was me as a child, but I always thought my toys were alive. Like, I really, like. I didn't. <laughs> oh, I did. You mean like you would play with them like he did, or you thought they were actually when I, you left the room? When I left would... the room, I thought they were. It's actually a fun alive. idea, though. It's a, that's why it's it, such a good movie idea, is because it's like that's a, such a creative thought. 
It's and a simple thought for that a kid would have. Because I always yeah. thought that because I'm like I did not leave that there. I th- always saw them like moved around and stuff. But I don't. I would have more likely just been like those fucking ghosts in this house. <laughs> no, I thought my toys were alive. Like when I was gone, they were doing their own thing. But it's great. I mean, what is his favorite toy at that time? And every birthday, you know, they get around and. They listen. I love that scene where the <laughs> army that, guy gets trampled. The army guy gets yeah. trampled, and they help him like get off the floor and stuff. And no man left behind. They they come away unscathed until mom pulls out the secret birthday present, and it's Buzz yeah. Lightyear. And of course, I love the humor of him actually thinking he is Buzz Lightyear, and Woody keeping like you're a toy. <laughs> and then was, of course, Woody betrays him. him, and they get stuck having to find their way to the pizza pa- pizza planet pizza, pizza planet. planet yeah and the only way that he convinced um him to get on there was he's like the rocket ship so i texted genie earlier because i was watching it i go because i finished it today i started and then finished it later i'm like sid had to be a serial killer when he was older right and she goes, well, maybe he was just because he engineered. Maybe he's a great engineer. And I was like, so he's like Elon Musk? Like, well, you have fuck? to imagine the toys scared him straight at that point. That's true. At the very <laughs> end, yeah. Um, but yeah, it ends up Woody and Buzz work together to get back to Andy and because they, they're moving. And at the end, there's Mrs. Potato Head, and it sets up sequels. And there's been, what, three or four? Three. There's four, four movies, se- four three, movies sequels, three sequels. Yeah. Which one do you think is the best? Three is probably the best one, right? At least the most emotional. Yeah, that one's. I I don't. I haven't seen four. I don't either. But yeah, two is definitely the. Weakest. I barely remember two. It's he gets bought by a collector somehow and Buzz or Woody. Woody, and the the goal is to. And that's when Joan. I think it was Joan Cusack who plays like the female Woody. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the second one is definitely the weakest of the bunch, but yeah, that's where they like wiped off Andy and cleaned him up, and then he ended up like at the yeah, it was good. Yeah, I don't well, really remember quotes. How... I mean, infinite to infinity and beyond. There's, I forgot about this one there where he pulls the string and he's like, I say things like, "There's a snake in my boot." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like right now, it's one, three, two for me. If you want to rate these, but like. Um, I've never seen four, so right. I can't. Even I judge think when four. three came out, the year we did it, I don't think we expanded yet, so I don't think I considered it. That very well. That was like oh six oh seven. And that's what we were five, talking about the other night. Was I was like, why didn't I choose any of these before? Like, what the? Yeah, fuck? this is the first one we've all done. Yeah. And that's or why I kind of added Father of the Bride too, because I'm like, okay, I can just do the. That's why, I'm like, I gotta start watching some of these. But even all that being said, like, I have no artistic ability whatsoever, but I can't even fathom making something like this. No. Like, his budget was $30 million. Yeah. Like, at that point, I would have thought it'd be fucking $250 million yeah. or something. Yeah, and that's like, like I that. said, like, writing all these fil- things down, like, $395 million that worldwide. It was cool seeing the Pixar intro, too, with the fucking light. The lamp. Yeah. I was like, was yeah. that originally how it was? I wonder if they almost, if they always had it like that, or they just that, that was, repurposed it later I on. I think that's always because they always had like their digital shorts. I mm-hmm. think there was a short before Toy Story, also. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but and we watched uh, 
Loki, the Disney Plus show. Mm-hmm. They had a Pizza Planet car in that show at some point, oh, which nice. is just fucking wild. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that kid was going to be a serial killer. and That's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was literally like dissecting toys and putting them back together. Well, and Woody like- tried to kill fucking Buzz Lightyear. He didn't. He tried to make him disappear so he could go to plant. That's yeah. right. I mean, his sister th- got him drunk on tea, man. If you think about it, this is probably the least likable character that Tom Hanks has ever played. Yeah, he's like kind of a weirdly a bad guy. Yeah, he like he's a jealous piece of shit who tries to get rid of his competition. I can't mm-hmm. think of a worse character that Tom Hanks has played. I mean, he trusted an eight ball too to like do it. <laughs> right. Who trusts that? Not yeah. cocaine either. I'm talking a real eight ball. Be shady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, great movie. I actually saw it at Studio 28 when it came out. Yeah, I saw it at the probably the mall theater in Grand Rapids Mall. Yeah, saw it in Cadillac. It was a Cadillac <coughs> 3 at that point, 2. Yeah, something like that. But I remember being down here in Grand Rapids to see my stepmom or step-grandma and we were buying a new vehicle. And while they were processing the papers, uh, my stepdad's like, you want to go see a movie? I was like, hell yeah. So we went to see Toy Story. Honestly, this was probably one of the first, like, ten movies I ever saw in theaters. Really? Because I'm pretty sure my first was Aladdin. I was four. That I know of, that I kind of vaguely remember. I don't remember. I remember going. I don't remember, like, really remembering it. I got... My first movie, I don't remember, but I was told was a re-release of Fox and the Hound. Oh, yeah. But Dude, that fucking movie got to me. <laughs> it's tough. Super tough. <laughs> yeah, that's a sad movie. But yeah, I mean, Toy Story changed the fucking game. So I have six left. Yeah, Toy Story wiped out. Oh, yeah. I've got seven. I've got six. Am I just going back to back then? Yeah. Wait, All right. No, no. I, oh. I have seven. Oh, then you, you go seven. then. Uh, my number eight movie is uh, Leaving Las Vegas. Yep, that's mine too. I didn't get a chance to watch this. Have you ever seen it? No, I know a little bit about it. Okay. Seems like a fucking downer. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> It has an IMDb of 7.5, a Metascore of 82, Rotten Tomatoes of 91% tomato meter, 85% audience, $4 million budget, domestically $32,029,928. It did not get a worldwide release. It's directed by Mike Figgis, written by Mike Figgis, based on a novel by John O'Brien. Is he related to Cyril? Cyril Figgis. (laughs) So why is this guy at at is that the hotel right? Is a hotel or an airport hotel? Yeah, I mean he is. He was kind of a hot shot in L.A. I don't. He was like a. I don't know if he was a script reader or a. He worked in. He worked for journalism. Yeah. 
Like he did all that journalism. And his wife or girlfriend. Like, like a Hollywood him. journalist, kind of? Like he's writing for like like a writer Us Weekly or, or some shit? No, I thought he was like a script. He it was like been. reading scripts to get produced in the movies or something like that. Maybe. Like or William books, Goldman? Something, yeah. <laughs> but his wife, girlfriend left him, and he's just been drinking like a fish. Well, it was his wife, and they had a son. Oh, that's yeah. And that's right. she left him because he was a drinker, and that's why when he met the prostitute, he's like, "Don't judge me on my drinking. I won't. I'll choose drinking over he, you." He goes to Las Vegas, <laughs> spends whatever money he has left to get to Vegas, and he wants his, to die. Basically. His intention is to drink himself to death. Jesus. Is Elizabeth Shue the prostitute? Elizabeth Shue is the prostitute. Because I've heard on a pod once, I heard them talking about this movie briefly. And they they said, because Cage won the Oscar. And they they said he's fine in it, but they're like, Elizabeth Shue should have won the Oscar. They said she was amazing in it. He's, I don't know if that's she, she was She was very good in it. He, he was very good He was very it. good. Like, though, like, you could just, like, his shakes, like, the true alcoholism, you can see, the alcohols take over his body. Yeah. Like, he is literally just shaking to death, and he chugs, like, a fifth or a pint or whatever, and he's like, okay, I'm fine. I'm feeling good now. Like, his body has to run on alcohol. Because this is pre-Nick Cage is, being Nick Cage. before crazy Nick Cage, yeah. 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 Con Air kind of changed that, I feel like. Yeah, Con Air face-off was kind Same of year, his two jumping years, year off. Apart. Which we talked about in 96, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, he... They kind of just meet by chance. Her pimp i guess is like super abusive and so she kind of bails on him and they, like i said they meet ha- in happenstance she almost he almost runs her over and they talk so he doesn't like pay for her or buy her no no and even the first time they meet he, he just says do you want to go to our room and talk or something and she's expecting to have to put out but he's like, no, just let's just sit here and drink and talk. Which leads to her inviting him to move in with her. And he shows up the first night after she gets off a night of work. He's passed out outside of her gate. And her landlords are all pissed off and shit. And it's kind of... I don't know. She wanted somebody to take care of, it seemed like. Yeah, like she was a nurturer. Like, she wanted to take care of somebody. And um, she didn't care that he was an alcoholic. She dealt with it. Were there, like, genuine feelings between them? Like, she oh, yeah. Loved him, they loved but, each other. Like, um, But he still wanted to die? He still wanted to die. Yeah. And spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, you can tell me whatever. <laughs> he does. Okay. <laughs> and... Yeah, it's kind of predictable. Like, they have a falling out. They go their separate ways, and on his deathbed, he essentially calls her. She comes out and is there as he dies. I think that was the first time they had sex, wasn't it? Like, right yeah. before he died, mm-hmm. which is pretty weird. Weird. That's kind of weird. <laughs> but, no, there were definitely feelings between the two of them, but... But he ended up, che- like, when he lived with her, he ended up sleeping with another girl 
He, that's why they got kicked out. He got yeah. so drunk, he brought another girl to her place. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, love it. it was a good uh, this is the first time I'd seen it. It's been a while. I saw it one or two more times before this, but it was good. I think my brother had this on, like, VHS back in the day. <laughs> I never saw it, though. I mean, Elizabeth Shue looked good. Oh, Matt yeah. Dunn she too. looked really good. Should we get a little run? Should we um, take a little break, or let you do your seven? He just, you guys shared that, right? Yeah, I'm down to five. I've got, s- I've got seven, so I have the most. Do you want me to do one more and then we'll go down? Yeah. I have six left. So I yeah. have seven. My number seven is Mr. Holland's Opus. All right. Tomato Meter 75, Audience 84, IMDb a 7.3, Metascore 59. It's written by Patrick Sheen Duncan, directed by Stephen Herrick. Budget of $23 million, made 82.6 U.S., 106.3 worldwide. So it's Richard Dreyfus, Glenn Hetty. That's the guy from Get Out, right? Isn't <laughs> <laughs> he Get Out? Uh, Jay Thomas, Olympia Dukakis, William H. Macy, Terrence Howard, Alicia Witt, when she's like a kid, and then Jean. I didn't know this woman's name, but I know she is now. Jean Louisa Kelly. She's two things. One, she, do you remember the show Yes, Dear? Yes. She was the wife of, like, she was kind of a hot wife. Yep. And then she is actually, I found out she's married to the guy who runs ESPN. Now. Not Skipper. Before, but the guy now. Jesus. Because Bill Simmons has a story about meeting her and talking about this movie with her. And the guy doing the podcast was like, do you think that was appropriate? He's like, hell no. (laughs) He's like, I didn't work for ESPN then. Um. So it's basically this movie. I'll try to be quick on it because it's not, it's not an exciting movie. I just like Dreyfus. I always have rooted for him. I've always liked his. He's a good actor. Oh, he's a great been a actor. strong actor for. A but while. this was like his last great movie, probably, which I think is what led us to be like you when you <laughs> <seen> get out. <laughs> right. Um, God damn. Not that's Bradley Whitford. Never gonna let that go. <laughs> um, I get it because they have very white hair. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. So he starts out as a music teacher in like 1960, mid-60s probably. And he's like a failed, he wants to be a composer, but he's just never really caught on. He's written like little jingles and stuff for different ads, but he's never been super successful. So he goes into teaching and he can't really relate to the kids at first. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's like teaching musical theory and band and symphony and stuff but the musical theory kids are falling asleep on him he finally realized because like it was when rock and roll was getting big so he's talking about bach and he's like you realize like rock and roll they use a lot of stuff from bach and he starts comparing things like songs that are hits at the time and playing some of bach and the kids start to get interested mm-hmm. and kind of catches like all right i can feel what these kids want now and like his first student, Alicia Witt's character, she's terrible at clarinet. He has private lessons with her to try to help her. And she's like, I just want to be good at something. You know, everyone in my family's good at this and that and that. And so, then, like, eventually he gets her to be better. And then it, just, it flashes forward. It's kind of almost like a big thing. I mentioned this to you guys a while back where it's like in the 90s there were a lot of, like, what they call almost like boomer movies where it's like, all right, let's take you through the 60s and the 70s. You all grew up then, like... 
and there's like shots of Vietnam and just stuff. And then it shows a few years later and, or actually during Vietnam, he teaches Terrence Howard who's a football player who's failing, but he needs a credit. So Jay Thomas's character is the football coach. He's like, can you take this kid on? And he teaches him how to play drums. And Terrence Howard ends up, his character ends up dying in Vietnam. So he gets the call when he's at work and he has to go to his funeral. And like, Jesus. and then like, of course, yeah, it's the one black kid in the movie. He fucking dies in Nam. <laughs> like, fuck that. Uh, it passes on. Nam. William H. Macy becomes the principal after Olympia Dukakis. And she's like, she's like, you're always my favorite teacher Wait, type stuff. So Frank becomes the principal. He becomes the principal. <laughs> He's super, like, clean cut, like, buzz cut, like, straight out of 1959 or something. Right. And anyways, um, a big storyline in the movie is he has a son with his wife. And they realize there's a parade. It's actually when Terrence Howard's character's still alive. They're marching band through like a parade. And something happens where like there's a huge, not an explosion, but something happens like really loud. And like everyone's covering their ears. And she looks, the wife looks, they do a really good job. The wife looks and the, their one year old son isn't reacting. And she yes. realizes when they get home, she starts yelling his name and to get his attention, he's, he's deaf. Mm hmm. And of course, you're a music teacher in your son's death. Yeah. So they flash forward through the years and stuff in the eighties, like John Lennon dies and he tells his son his son's a teenager by then and older and he's signing so, with him and he's like he's like, What's wrong? And he's like, John Lennon died, you wouldn't understand. And it's like what's oh, so Jesus fucking cold. Christ. Like and the son has a good scene where he's like you can see that what he's saying in like subtitles where it's like like you think just because I'm deaf, like I don't understand like music, I know who that guy is, like and like it's just eventually he kind of becomes a better person, a better father. And at the end, he has the opus where, you know, he gets forced into retirement because they cut the a lot of the arts programs, including band. And which is in Portland, Oregon. I don't know that to the very end. And I'm like, there's no way a fucking school in Portland's cutting <laughs> band. But anyways, um, he has like a going away party as a surprise and like a lot of his former students show up or Alicia Witt's character is now the governor oh, shit. and she shows up and gives a speech and oh yeah there's a whole this is a problematic part of this movie is Jean, Jean Louisa Kelly's character from yesteryear she's like a they put on a show I can't remember what show it is but like a like a theater type show like a play? You, yeah play but like a musical okay and she actually sings all her own parts. Like she's a great singer in this. But there's almost like a blossoming romance between him and her, Dreyfus and her. And like it doesn't actually come to fruition, but I'm like, damn, that's that's not really Is this great? But my I my dad told me back I mean he went to school in the mid seventies. He's like there were teachers that were openly dating students yeah. back yeah. then. Like, it wasn't even like like that's fucking wild. Like that was done by the probably late eighties. Yeah, but is this intended to be a family drama? Is it a? It's a drama. I would say it's just kind of a an arc of a man and his family. Have you not I seen guess. this? I've, I haven't seen. You never movie. seen this? Yeah. Okay, it's I a saw... good movie. He's really good in it. Dreyfus is excellent. That's another one I saw in theaters. I never saw it in theater. I think it was on TV once as a kid. Okay. I remember kind of liking it because I think it was in band at the time. So is it PG, PG-13? It's probably 13. It's PG-13. Okay. I went with... Um, There's some swearing. There's a little bit of like the... I'll I think the romance you between you and a student probably might up that up a little. Right. 
it's a good movie. I I like I like some of those longer dramas. I don't know. It's just me. It's a slow burn. I mean, how long is it? It's like two twenty. Oh, is it really? Shit. It was on HBO, so I just was like, whatever. I haven't seen this in fifteen years. It was on my broad list. I just yeah, it was the last nomination Dreyfus got in 95. I mean, he only got like three in his career, actually, but yeah, one win. He's actually, before Adrian Brody, he was the youngest winner to ever win best lead. He was 29, Four. and he looked, it's called like the Goodbye Girl, oh. late 70s, but he looks like he's like 40 already. <laughs> it's just because how he always looked. I mean, Jaws, he's only like 26 in Jaws. Yeah. Close Encounters, he's 27, 28. Like, Jesus, dude, you look like you're... Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I remember going to see this in theaters. And then I saw it, like, probably four or five years after. So when I was 15, 16, watched it again. But, you know, again, it's, it's kind of, if I remember right, it's a slower burner. I was, It took me a little bit to get, like, going into it. Yeah, there's it. no action. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, I saw it, like, a few times, and I was like, it was good. It's, it's a, a drama. great movie. It's a drama. It's a great movie. Um but, yeah, it took a little bit. Yeah, I've got six left after that. I know we'll probably share at least a couple. But Do you want to take a break? Yeah. yeah. I have yeah. six as well. Mm, yeah, I think Travis got five. five. All right, my number six. I rewatched this, actually, even though it was long as fuck. Because I do love this movie. Even though it's got problems. Braveheart. Yep. I did not rewatch that, but that is also my number six. It's tomato meter seventy eight, audience eighty five, IMDB at eight point three, Metascore sixty eight, written by Randall Wallace, which makes me think is that somebody <laughs> thought, who's related to him? It's not. Okay. I looked. I didn't look it up. <laughs> it's not. Directed by Mel Gibson. The budget is seventy two million, made seventy five point six US, two hundred and thirteen point two worldwide. Stars Mel Gibson, Brendan Gleeson, Tommy Flanagan, Sophie Marceau, Brian Cox, and James Cosmos. Brian Cox is barely in it, but Uncle Argyle yeah. shows up for like five minutes. So this is like supposed to be the story of Scottish independence and William Wallace, who helped lead them to their independence in 1314. Historically, it's a fucking yeah, shit yeah. show, dog. I mean, it's a pile of shit. As far as like being I don't accurate, know, I don't really know much of this story, but yeah, I from what understand I understand yeah. that it's fucking because you remember like close. the beginning of the movie after his dad and his brother die at the hands of the English king, uh, with Longshanks. Um, you know, he's at his dad's their funeral, and this little girl gives him like a flower, and for years he kept it. And then they come across each other when he comes home. Finally, he's traveled because his uncle Argyle shows up and is like, there's a scene where he's like, do you know Latin? And he goes, no. And he's like, we're going to have to remedy that then. <laughs> well, later on, he uses that line on somebody else, on her, because yeah. he goes and travels the world a little. And he comes back to be a farmer in his hometown. And he sees her and like they're instantly like in love with each other. And he calls on her and courts her. But there's a British... like a decree i guess a rule law that 
these nobles can come in when you get married and fuck your wife, basically. Essentially, yeah. So they they secretly get married, so that doesn't happen. Well, they find out anyways, and she tries escaping, and she gets killed. They tie her up and slit her throat, and he comes back and just fucking just him and his people destroy like these nobles. Yeah. And then they start saying, "Fuck it, let's just keep going and like trying to like get away from these people, like gets overpower these people and get her own fucking country." I read that he was never actually married ever. Yeah, but, I it's thought... a, but I love that story because there's the scene throughout where he's got the thing, the cloth with the the handkerchief with the flowers in it. Yeah. And at the very end, the Robert the Bruce, who betrays him and then tries helps them defeat the English or get away from the English in the long run, he keeps it at the very end, like in his cuff <laughs> in his arm cuff things. Mm-hmm. But. You know, it, it shows him as an adult, and Brendan Gleeson's his best friend as they're, they're kids, and he's great in it. His dad's James Cosmos, who is uh, uh, Lord Commander Mormont in Game of Thrones, yeah. who I swear in this movie has like three things that easily should have killed him, and finally he <laughs> dies. I swear he takes a fucking axe into the stomach one time, and I'm like, what the fuck? You're still alive, dude? Like, <laughs> he's hit with an arrow early on. He gets his hand barely, basically cut off. Like Jamie Lannister style. I'm like, yeah. damn, dude. Fucking men were men, dude, I guess. Yeah, but, no doubt. And then, of course, the king, his son's gay. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. But he gets married to the a princess of France. And then they hear about William Wallace, and she gets sent to like communicate with them about like basically like stopping what they're doing. They fall in love. That was Sophie Marceau. Yes, yeah, Sophie Marceau. Both those women look very good in this movie, mm-hmm. even in their 1300s garb. <laughs> um, which is great. I mean, there's there's a great scene with the battle, which is another thing that does. It's the battle of fuck. It starts with an S. And then with the scene where they're all like lifting up their kilts and showing their asses to the <laughs> English, and. It's supposed to be at a bridge, and there's no bridge in the scene at all. Yes. <laughs> like, it's, like, famed for having a bridge, and then it's like, there's no bridge in this scene. Yeah. It's just in a fucking field. But it's 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 got an outstanding soundtrack. Like, James Horner does it. Yeah. And it's like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, like, one of the classic, like... Yeah, it's got one of the classic lines of cinema, too. Like, you, you may take our lives, but you'll never, never take, take our, our freedom. freedom. Our freedom. Yeah. And then, of course, the very end where they scream mercy, like, say mercy. And everyone in the crowd's chanting, like, say it. And it's like, freedom. And then he gets, for some reason, I forgot he gets beheaded. I think I'm thinking of another movie where I, somebody, I think it might be Sean Bean character in a movie. I thought horses quartered him. You know, where they, like, tie you up and the horses tear (laughs) you apart. That's what I thought happened to him. But what I was doing is Robert the Bruce narrates at the end where he's like, his four limbs were sent to the four corners of England as a warning, and really it backfired on the king because people, like, gathered more proudly and, like, revolt. Yeah, maybe. I don't... Like I, said, like, I, I don't know how accurate a lot of this is. Right. And I didn't rewatch this, but I... It was going to be on my list. It got... It won five Oscars, including Best, best Picture and Best Director. So Gibson won an Oscar for Best Director. What else did it win? Or Best Picture. It won Cinematography. And then I didn't write the other two down. Okay. 
I none so of the actors were not. He wasn't nominated for it. I mean, this, his accent's actually not as bad as you'd think, but it's not great so either. The, yeah, this no. movie, the first time I saw it, um, I w- was probably eleven. Yeah, I was so like it was nine. like ninety six. I didn't see it at the time. I saw about ninety six, ninety seven. But um, my stepdad moved into the house, and he had the VHS, the double VHS. Yep, we had that. That's how I watched it. Yeah, and um, I remember it was a double VHS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how long is it? it Two fifty-eight. Yeah, oh, okay. so it was yeah. it was a double VHS, and I remember looking I'm like that has to be a good movie. There's two movies in it, <laughs> and so <laughs> I liked it. It was a good movie, but I did not put it on my list because a I've not seen it probably since then. I seen it one time. But it's a long ass movie, and I just did not want to. I, I have a hard time. I watched it over two it. days. I ended up renting it. I own it. I have the Blu-ray of it. I just again. It's uh. It. Well, I think I mentioned them in the last when I, I didn't make my list, but when I mentioned the English Patient towards the end. This was in the era of the '90s where it was this epic. Yeah. Stories like four years in a row, you had Forrest Gump, which is like a historical epic of through a man's, a dim-witted man, but a mm-hmm. lovable man's eyes. Braveheart. Then you had English Patient. And then you had Titanic. Like four years in a row, the best picture was like a long fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. And very, maybe not historically accurate, but tells you a history of something that happened. Yeah, and I, I think it was 2018. I watched Outlaw King. On Netflix, mm-hmm. which is Chris Pine playing remember, Robert Bruce. I never Bruce. saw it though. Oh, really? It takes yeah. I like and they mentioned William Wallace, but he's never shown. Like everything that's happening is tertiary to what. Well, if you remember, he betrays him at one point because some of the, a couple yeah. of their own men betray them because they get right. offered lordships and manors and shit. So like half of his army in one scene leaves, and you see his face just like, oh fuck. That's when he gets taken, and then he ends up getting revenge on one of the guys when he gets away somehow. I can't remember how exactly because I think I was making food at that time as I was kind of watching. And then Robert the Bruce, and once he's battling some guy, but you can tell the guy's not fighting him real hard, and he rips his helmet off, and he sees it's him. And he said, as soon as I saw his face, like I knew like I made a mistake. like I should have done what I did. And then he goes to make it right, and the fa- remember his father's a leper? He's got leprosy. Do you remember his father is uh, actually yeah. like a the high up? I don't think he's the king, but he's like basically the king of Scotland if Scotland had its own sovereignty at the time. Right. And he yells at his father like, "How could you?" Like, because that's when William Wallace gets captured for good. And I but the battle scenes that. are pretty good, actually. I have to say. I mean, there's a lot more gore and like, oh shit! Like, there's a scene where they're using like a battering ram to break open the doors. And they pour fucking tar and oil down, and they shoot fire arrows, and everyone's on fire and shit. Like, it holds up pretty decently with that. I'll hold off for like twenty more minutes, probably. It holds up. It holds up pretty well. I was surprised. Like, there's not any like really terrible like, oh god, like that's a terrible like beheading or something, you know? Like, it's pretty brutal. Brennan Gleeson. It's funny because he looks the same, but like it's like just older. <laughs> yeah, you're like, dude, you, you're just Brennan Gleeson. You're an awesome, dude. That's good though. Yeah, I've always enjoyed the flick. I just haven't watched it. You just have to kind of ignore the historical discrepancies. Yeah, yeah. 
Which, if you don't know dick about, then it's fine. Yeah, I didn't know that as a kid. Because I think one of them is like the princess of friends. She was a real person. Where I can't remember her name, but she she would have been like two years old when this happened. Like, it's not something that could have possibly happened unless he was a pedophile. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I don't think was the case. God, you were enjoying that right now. God. All right. So me and him just wiped each other off a little bit. So I got So we all have five. five right? I have five. All right, just back you go in ahead. order, I guess. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. I mean, I might as well knock us both off the thing. Mall rats. I didn't get a chance to rewatch this. I am I think it would have probably been towards the end of my list. I do remember liking this. I've oh, only seen it once. Great I think. fucking movie. It's my number four. Mallrats. IMDb is seven point one. Meta forty one. Tomato meter fifty seven. Audience eighty two. Worldwide two point one million, give or take. Um, budget six million. Director writer, the man, the myth, Kevin Smith. Um, Shannon. Um, had Shannon Dottery. Dory. Dory, yeah. 90210, <laughs> by the way. Jason Lee, Ben Affleck, Joey Lawrence Adams. Joey Lauren Adams. Lauren Adams. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Muse, Ethan Suppley, and Stan Lee. Oh, yeah, Ethan Suppley's in that one. Damn. Um, this is his first movie after Clerks, right? Yep. Yeah. This was his first studio movie. This movie, I will tell you what. It's just all about the 90s and the mall. Like, and that's what I love about Kevin Smith is like his latest one talked about mall rats. Like, literally, rats. Rats in the mall. Yeah. So, that's what I love about Kevin Smith is he, you know, this movie, that's the era. You go to the mall, you're cool as fuck. You you don't buy anything. You just hang out. And that's like Jay and Silent Bob. Like they just hang out. They know everything about the mall, and it's about this loser, um, Jason Lee. Is it? Jason Lee is the, the comic nerd. The saga. Am I like, wrong? Is Jason London in this? Yes. Okay. He, he's like the main character. That's what I thought. Okay. But Jason Lee is the one that. Was playing Sega and woke up and he's like, I'm on love, like a uh, hockey one. The Whalers never beat the fucking Flyers 18 to 2. Or <laughs> Isn't he the same? Is he the same character as the guy in Chasing Amy? No. Mm-mm. Comic? It's not a comic guy? He is a comic guy, but he's not the same character. No, he's no. more of a gamer. Oh, okay. It's more. Okay. Well, he did I have just, all of his comics. Like I said, comics. I only saw this maybe in like 2002-ish. He did have all those comics in the thing. Yeah, uh, he just wasn't writing or no. he was a Sega no. tracing that's, a comic. So yeah, like he was a loser that lived in his mom's basement that never he was, introduced he was his girlfriend. Dating Shannon Dory. Well, you know yeah. in 1995 there was a guy who was like the Sega guy. Like, fucking Sega's where it's at, bro. <laughs> but yeah, like his girlfriend. And then there was this the manager at one of the clothing stores who's a douchebag, which was Ben Affleck, um, that she ended up like, yeah, like they had a whole beef with each other. And, oh, 
I don't know. And then um, they had a dating show going on. Uh, what was that character's name? The father of the... Um, Ethan Suppley. Oh, you couldn't see the fucking 3D poster. Yeah. That's what Ethan Suppley was. Yeah, okay. That was him. And then there was the one where they broke up. Ethan Suppley's like the big fat guy. Yeah. They broke He's up now with ripped. the girl. Yeah, Jason London's character. You got to help me with this because it's been a while since I've... Well, not been a while. It, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like Clerks. It takes place <laughs> over the course of a day. Yeah. T.S. is Jason London. He was going to propose to his girlfriend, whose name escapes me, by going down to Universal and proposing on the Jaws fucking ride. She had to step in for her dad's game show. show. Yeah, it was essentially a dating game. And that's why he went in there to go see uh, Jay and Silent Bob, because they're like, we got to ruin this. Because Jason Lee's like, I got two guys that can ruin this for you. Like, because her dad's career would go to shit and she won't yeah. have a new guy. Does, does Kevin Smith write these on based on things that have happened to him or people he's known? Is there like some actual things in these? Like, uh, this one, no. No. Chasing Amy. I know is Chasing Amy of, is, yeah. Clerks, he, he worked in a convenience store. So Which I was I went curious to. if there was like a. <laughs> and, I mean. If he knew someone who actually worked on the at Universal or something, it was like, oh, I know a guy that wouldn't propose there. Like, it'd just be kind of funny to throw that in your movie. I don't think that was the case, but I, I mean, the 3D poster thing was somewhat relevant. Does it take place in? Doesn't take place in it, Jersey. It takes like, place in Jersey. Oh, no, it yeah. does. Okay, because uh, it's the the reason that... she had to, the chick that the funeral they went to in Clerks. Yeah. That was the girl that T.S.'s girlfriend was replacing because she had an aneurysm in the pool. Okay. So th- these two movies are connected. Clerks is next year. Clerks is 94, yeah. And Joey, um, Lauren Adams, um, Kevin Smith w- started dating her at this time. Uh, yeah, it was between here and Chasing Amy. But what's great was... He just kept breaking through when she was in the changing scenes, and then she's like, "There's this, there's this creep that just keeps marching in on me, or something like that." She was like changing in the store or something. She's like, "I'm not going in there. Like, I just gotta." There's this creep that keeps going, and there's like a Star Wars thing where his face went through, right? No, he was wearing the Batman. That's what it was, yeah. But he kept busting through a poster in a very inappropriate way. Trying to get that um, bolt out of the stage to ruin the dating thing. But instead of ruining the dating thing, they got the the contestants high as fuck. And then um, they went in like Jason Lee and the other guy. Yeah, I don't remember. That. I mean, I don't, I don't remember this movie very well. And he was just like, trying to spend 19 years. And she's asking him questions, and it's her ex boyfriend, or, you know, they got back together, of course. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, it's hilarious. He's getting all fucking testy. Like, he's like, well, you know, if you ditch your boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Like, and that's how uh, Jason Lee wins his girlfriend back. 
Yeah. I always like Jason Lee. Yeah, he's a good guy. And I think this was... He's the only reason I even watched My Name is Earl for a little bit, because I was like, oh, it's Jason Lee. I watched Ethan all Supple, of too. Yeah, and Ethan Supple, yeah. Now he's like... Did Kevin Smith have anything to do with that? I don't I kind of wonder, so. almost. Apparently, Jason Lee was a professional skateboarder. And hmm. I, I don't know if this was his first acting role, but... Yeah, maybe. He had... I, Kevin Smith had to fight... To have Jason Lee as Rhodey. Remember the first time I knew who he was? Because uh, I didn't see Chasing Amy and stuff till the after. As he's Tom Cruise's friend in Vanilla Sky. Oh, yeah. After he gets, like, deformed and shit. And he's like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Get over this girl. You know, you know it's kind of... I was like, oh, it's Jason. I, I... So when My Name is Earl came out and, like, I saw, like, Ma, I was like, oh, I know this guy. Well... I ended up binge watching My Name is Earl because when I got my DUI, I quit drinking and I just kind of worked and stayed in my parents' basement for a while. So I just went to Family Video and just got all these different seasons. My mom really liked that show. Yeah, got all those seasons. I watched all the Entourage. Like, I fucking just stayed and just tried to behave. But yeah, I liked My Name is Earl. That was a good one. I'm pretty sure this was Stan Lee's first on-screen appearance. Oh, he's in it? Oh, yeah. Oh. He, yeah. like, brings Brody yeah. back from... So I wouldn't have known that 19 years ago. Even Stan Lee was, probably. <laughs> yeah. Besides maybe knowing his name, maybe hearing his name. They're like, oh, Stan Lee. But yeah. That's I'm cool. pretty sure it's his first appearance, which... Did, did you it's watch Captain one... Marvel? Is that what... Yeah. They... Stan Lee's... Uh, cameo in that is a throwback to Mallrats. He's practicing. He's reading the oh. script of Mallrats practicing his line. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, shit, you're right. Yeah, I watched that probably last year sometime, maybe. Yeah. And this was the movie that Kevin Smith thought would ruin his career because it didn't make money. Six million budget, two million worldwide. He thought his career was over. But that being said, I mean, it's kind of become one of his cult favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can see that. Mm -hmm. I think I probably asked you before, what do you think is his best movie? Is it Chasing Amy? Or the first Jay and Silent Bob? Uh, I think the ones I've seen, Chasing Amy is my favorite. Yeah. Clerks is probably a close second. Clerks, I think, is his. I mean, I can't call it best with a twenty-seven thousand dollars but I Dogma is probably his best. Oh yeah, yeah, I love Dogma. Dogma is one of my favorites. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, Chasing Amy, Clerks. But people love this one, for whatever reason. Yeah, I know my brother was really into it back in the day. That's the only reason I think I even saw it was because I. Because it came out when he was in, he had just been joined the military at that point. He was in the Navy. I think he joined in like early '95, so yeah, it would have been. Yeah. See a lot of movies then. It's funny because you wouldn't think they had the time, but <laughs> on the bases and shit, they probably had movie. Th- I know they had like movie theaters on the bases and shit. Mm-hmm. To show new shit or yeah, really, it was like almost like a small town. Damn. Um, uh, all right, my number five. You just dropped something. 
Die Hard with a Vengeance. Wow. Shit. I did not expect that. I did not either. It's my second favorite Die Hard movie. Mine too, but... I mean, two should have been better, but it's not that great. But anyways, uh, Tomato Meter 60, Audience 83, IMDb a 7.6, Metascore 58, Budget 90 million, made 100 million US, 366.1 worldwide. It's written by Jonathan Hensley, directed by John McTiernan, who did not direct two, but he came back after he wanted to direct this. He did four. He did four, I think, too. It's got Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, Jeremy Irons, Graham Greene. Um, yeah, I actually didn't rewatch this, but I always, I always loved this movie, especially as a kid. I watched it a lot, and you know, it's John McClane. He's back in New York. He's not with his wife anymore. He's not really in charge, involved in his daughter's life, and he's, you know, doing John McClane things. You know, there's a terrorist who's there, and he wants john specifically to do these tasks to for go him. into harlem and goes into harlem where really a, aggressive sign really aggressive uh, <laughs> yeah, sign i don't remember this one a lot and samuel jackson sees him and then explains what's going on to him and he kind of teams up with samuel jackson's character he owns like a party store or something if i recall yeah it's... i just watched it like two weeks ago i just can't remember it's... yeah i think it's like a, some sort of almost like a local Maybe not a party store. It's a bodega or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I wear my jewelry to the bodega. And it keeps going on. Like, they're going to... He has to fulfill these requests or he's going to bomb the Federal Reserve Building. And, yeah, it's just... I don't know. And you find the twist of it. You know, Jeremy Irons' character, you find out that he's Hans Gruber's brother, Simon. Yeah. It was Alan Rickman's character in Die Hard 1. Um, good twist. I mean... Yeah, could have figured it out. That's why he specifically wanted him because he knew he was the guy that killed his brother. And then they, they even brought back like the Agent Smith and Smith. Yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yep. That, was, that was good. Yeah, it was good. It was. It's just a fun movie. I mean, it's fun. There's a lot of tasks for him to do. There's, you know, I can't remember what the school. It's like a school, but it's almost like I don't think they're even like English students. I think they're almost like Russian kids or something. I can't remember. There's like kids. They had to evacuate a school. Yeah. And then. Well, wasn't the thing they had to evacuate all the schools because there was a bomb in a yes, certain school? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And like. There's another one I was kind of just watching as I was doing stuff. Like, I think I was like, I think I was literally putting a shelf together and like putting my movies on it as I was watching. Um, What's cool, like, is this movie. The ending's actually, like, not a great ending, but there's an alternate ending that's much better. I didn't know there was an alternate ending. Yeah, there... Well, actually, I learned this movie, John McTiernan took a script called Simon Says, which is just about a a guy who's basically putting tasks to somebody to complete or else he's going to do the same type of thing. Yeah. But they took it and made it a diehard movie and made him... That's why his name's Simon, because the movie is supposed to be Simon Says, which is kind and of a cool like that. thought, actually. Don't they even use that when they're talking? Like, he does, yeah. He does that, this. yeah. But the script had nothing to do with Die Hard originally, the original script. It was just supposed to be like a yeah. terrorist movie called Simon Says. Which I have to say is a pretty good idea. So, in the original ending that you see in theaters and on the DVD and all that stuff is... 
like Simon's up in a helicopter and he has a clear shot on Bruce Willis and he fucking shoots out like an electrical wire and gets to fall into the helicopter and make it crash. Shit. Which is so unlikely and it's kind of just ridiculous. Yeah. But in the alternate ending, he gets away, Simon gets away and a couple years later, he tracks him down and they're in like a, I think they're in a church. I watched on YouTube, that's why I know it existed. And they basically play this game where like there's like a double loaded it's like uh, some sort of ammunition that's loaded towards both of them and they play like kind of almost like a what's the game the Russian roulette kind of it's like yeah, almost yeah. like a and he ends up getting killed because of it is that my whiskey that was yours there's a kind of almost a Russian roulette type thing, and he ends up killing him. And some people I was reading didn't like the alternate either because they're like, why would John become a killer? And it's like, well, he doesn't have anything left, man. He's like, he's he's like, doesn't have a wife. So thing. it's more, the green thing, it's more likely that he would become kind of a, not an anti-hero, but like, do something because he has nothing left to live for. It's like fuck, yeah. he's just gonna fend, end this guy. So I don't know. I like this movie a lot. It's not as good as one. One's one of the best action movies of all time. And Christmas movies. <laughs> this also does not include Christmas. Like the middle of summer in this one because two also takes place at Christmas. Do we not have ice anywhere? So yeah. yeah. I thought maybe you would have it actually. I thought about. I didn't rewatch really it in a long time, so I, I was gonna they tell add you right it. in the title too. Die Hard with a Vengeance, so it was vengeance on Simon Gruber's. Point. I was gonna add it, with hoping that one of you guys had it, but then I was like, I don't want to take this chance because I cannot wing it. Oh. And that's where I was like, I thought like you were thought we were gonna like make fun of you. I was like, well, no, no. I have it. <laughs> No, like, I just couldn't w- talk about it. Like, I knew it was a great movie, and I'd like to add it, but I just did not have a chance oh, to Oh, I've got one it. ahead where I hope Tom has it, because I'm going to have trouble exp- I watched it, but I don't. It's difficult to explain. Okay. I'm hoping he has it. So, I have four. I've got four as well, and I think he has four. So, so my turn. I'm going to go into a whole different world. Oh, my God. I'm going to talk about my early days of a, basically, I was in love. I definitely don't have this one, but I know what it is. Clueless. That was the one that Billy Madison knocked out Yeah. for me. Because I, I was like, what would I rather watch five years from now? I'd probably more likely to want to quote and watch Billy Madison. So. Well, the reason, and I will say it after I give out the thing. I did like Clueless. It was fine. IMDb is 6.9. Meta, 68. Tomato, 81%. Audience, 76%. Worldwide, 56.6 million. I'll round down. Budget was 12. Director, writer, Amy Hackling. Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, Brittany Murphy, Paul Rudd, and Donald uh, Faison. 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 Turk from Scrubs. I loved that Paul Rudd was in this. 
He looks exactly the same. Exactly Ew. the same. Does not age. Does not age. Fucking vampire. Dude, that guy is cool as fuck. Love this movie. Is that who your crush was? You weren't even talking about Silverstone. No, I'm not talking. No. <laughs> Silverstone's high in this no, movie. No, so dude. that's where my crush, like, I got in trouble for searching Alicia Silverstone oh, nude in my search history of my, my parents' computer. I was dumb enough not to clear that shit when I was done. <laughs> I was supposed to be doing my boat registry. <laughs> <laughs> what year was this? This was 95, dude. He's like, I was, he's like, no, this 95. was 96. 90, okay, he had to be 12, so it was 97. You need to follow up. Like, I was 30 years old. <laughs> I was 97 because it was 12 years ago you get your boat license. And I fucking was upstairs on my like acting like I was studying. I was looking at every actress, just like nude, 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 whatever. I'll look it up. I'm horny, not twelve year old. <laughs> and <laughs> it was so great. Oh. And Alicia Silverstone was one of them. Like she was my crush, my love, everything. But going towards this movie now. <laughs> Did you rewatch those? Oh no, I have it all of I did, so if you need help, I can help you. Um, it's basically about a rich I'd never seen it either. Actually. It's about a richie girl um who gets everything she wants. She's like, Daddy, Daddy and Daddy'll buy her a new Jeep or whatever and She's like a Valley girl. Right? Valley girl. And her stepbrother who is plays Paul Rudd is just a simple guy who wears flannels and doesn't give a fuck and his dad's been divorced from um the mother for a while. Yeah, that's not even yeah, they're not even together anymore, but yeah. he still comes by. Yeah, him. and but him and the dad have a whole bond. So he just hangs out at the house and he doesn't give a fuck and um then Brittany Murphy's character which who died um is this girl she that, did not the character yeah not yeah, the character yeah. but um she ended up coming from like oklahoma or some nebraska or bullshit and and uh alicia silverstone's character and the one stacy dash yeah stacy dash like oh i'm gonna say black chick they, bef- but, uh, they befriend <laughs> they befriend her but they're also kind of like we want we want to make her fame like popular yeah, they the want to give her a uh, a whole new look and um so they do that and they're trying to hook her up with her stepbrother yeah at one point but also yeah, yeah. there's like a Brecken Myers a character he's like kind of a stoner and he's into her and yeah. like they're like you don't want to be with him kind of that sort of thing he's a skater boy like skater, the 90s stoner. skater stoner like you know, he probably wants somewhere if he's a skater back then. You know? Well, I think no. one of the themes of the movie is at least the even though she's a rich girl, she's also like just trying to. She always wants to help people, and she never really does anything for herself. In a and that's way. where, like, towards the, the end, end, which is weird, like she hooks up with her stepbrother, and um, yep. it's like the whole new nowadays a stepbrother stepsister porn kind of shit. Okay, I'm just throwing it out there. It's kind of there. It happened in '95. So- is this like a coming of age story then? Or it's school? it's basically uh, like teen comedy. Yeah, teen comedy, like making her realize that she um, is she, stuck up bitch and needs. She's to, not a not stuck she's up. She's stuck bitch. up, but she's not a bitch. She's yeah. a nice person. But she just she, she she's always trying her... to like she helps get the teachers together at mm-hmm. one point. The the one female teacher, the male teacher, they're like both lonely. She helps set them up like 
she's she's so helpful to other people that she doesn't do anything for, for herself. herself. Yeah, that's the and thing. And she realizes, like, when she helps Brittany Murphy, Brittany Murphy becomes actually really popular, and she actually gets a little jealous, yeah. which I guess is natural at that age especially. But, like, she also realizes, like, I haven't done anything for myself. So when she actually realizes she likes Paul Rudd, she goes for it. And then she there's that scene so. at the very end where, like... And Paul Rudd is her stepbrother? Yeah. Not their former stepbrother. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because the dad isn't with He's been married to, like, anymore. nine people. Her dad's a lawyer who's, her you dad know, is uptight asshole. Oh, he was just in something from the last couple of years we did. The actor's Don Hedaya. He's, he kind of looks like... I think he might be the dad in... Donald Faison. No, Donald oh, Faison is. He would have been one of the high school. <laughs> Her dad was Turk from Scrubs. Um, I think he's in. No, he's not the dad. That's Ian McShane from Hot Rod. He looks similar no. to him. Yeah, he does. I like that guy a lot, though. Dan Hedaya. He's in. Oh, he's in The Usual Suspects. He's in Mulholland Drive. This guy. Kind of looks oh, yeah. Ian McShane-ish in a weird way. Like he was a. Uh, I know you didn't ever watch Cheers, but he plays Carla's ex, Rhea Perlman's ex-husband. He's in a few episodes. So he's just a dirt. He always plays a dirtbag, kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a I don't fine movie. Much, it's I, a good movie. It's it was going to be my number nine, but I was like, I don't. I'd rather talk about Billy. Madison. And that's so where who I, directed it. Did anybody? Uh, a woman named Amy Heckerling. Yeah. Did she do anything else? I don't know. Not that I know. Can look it up, I guess. But I mean, like I said, being a ten-year-old watch this movie, like, oh my god, Alicia Silverstone, like, she has not aged either. Like, she still looks really great for. Her. Well, but is she still working? Uh, it doesn't matter. I looked at her at one point. Probably COVID aged her. Who knows? COVID aged she everybody. Wasn't something I saw a few years ago. Movie with like what's the what's the dad what's Julie Bowen's husband's name in Modern Family is that <coughs> no is with the actor of, though um, Ty something Ty yes oh my god he was in a movie with her and Jennifer Garner called like Butter it was like an indie film where they're like butter sculptors I, it wasn't bad actually film, I think yeah but he's a she's a Silverstone was in that. Yeah. But that's also like seven years ago now, so I don't know. Uh, looks like she hasn't done a ton, Amy Ackerling. She did a... Wait, did she write? She, she directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Damn. I thought I recognized that name. Because it was written by Cameron Crowe. But it says she directed it. Wow. Damn. That's pretty crazy. Fucking... 13 years before. Yeah, I liked that movie. Fast it's a great time. movie. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I got... I got three. Four left. I guess I'll go. I got four as well. My number four is The Usual Suspects. That is my number two. Tomato Meter 89, Audience 96, IMDb at 8.5, Metascore 77. Written by Christopher McQuarrie, directed by Brian Singer. Budget of six million US twenty three point three, no worldwide release from the looks of it. Stars Kevin Spacey, Gabriel Byrne, Stephen Baldwin, Benicio del Toro, and Kevin Pollack. Um also, God, what's the guy? He's in breaking bad. Fuck. 
Hispanic actor, but he plays just like the he plays one of the investigators when like the have you did you rewatch this? I did not. When there's like the Is first Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, or? Giancarlo yeah. Esposito. Yep. I, I remember this. Movie but he doesn't well. seem Hispanic at all in this movie. He sounds just like a black dude. But I was like, oh shit, that's fucking guy from Breaking Bad. So feel like the plot of like what they're trying to do seems kind of a little confusing like i think it's intentionally yeah 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 so this movie is a big like fuck with you kind of like beginning of the movie you see gabriel burns character like in a f- explosion at this like harbor building where they're it's, and that's you, where everybody got arrested. Yeah, and Kaiser Soze is there, but you don't you hear him sort of, but you don't see him obviously. And then the investigation starts to go through the stories where it's like they have the the lineup where they have to take the read the read the line on the sheet and it's like fuck you you cocksucking motherfucker. <laughs> like it's just like Del Toro's going crazy, bald but Stephen Baldwin's like the craziest, him and Del Toro. And you can hardly understand what the Toro's saying. Yeah, the Toro's just mumbling. He's just insane, though. But it's like these five. I shouldn't even say petty thieves. They're really bad thieves. Like, they're killing yeah. people and don't give a fuck. And Kevin Spacey's one of them. The and meek. Yeah, he's that very meek, and he's one. got like a limp or some sort of like. He's like walking on the inside. Yeah, he's got like some sort of. It they call a him a gimp a couple times, yeah. I think. Well, he's getting interviewed and like about what happened because at this explosion and shit, and he goes through the story and he's talking about, oh fuck, he's saying different names and stuff and, I mean it's all, yeah, just fast forward like he the entire time is the actual mastermind of all this, yeah. and to fuck with the cops, he's just reading the bottoms of coffee cups. The yeah, names he's telling, the, the stories he's literally like telling shit stories. Shit on the walls. Shit on the walls, and they realize at the very end, like he's Kaiser Soze. He's because you kind of get a feeling throughout the movie. The first time I saw it, anyways, which was years ago, but you you think Gabriel Byrne might actually be? Even though you're like, did he die in the beginning, or was it like I think Gabriel yeah, Byrne might they, be Kaiser Soze? They, they get some red herrings, kind of where they set it up that he looked like the leader of the gang for sure. Yeah. And then you had because a couple of them died. Del Toro dies, I think. Yeah, I think Baldwin died too. I think Baldwin too. Yeah. Kevin Pollak was funny in it. He's the fifth guy. But that also had one of the greatest fucking lines in cinema, like. Greatest magic trick the devil ever pulled was making you think he didn't exist or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good fucking line. Actually, it makes me think when I was a kid, I remember asking my mom once, because I'm not religious, but I was like, how do you know the devil exists? And my mom was like, that's what he wants you to think. <laughs> and I was like, shit, that kind of fucked me up, mom. <laughs> Jesus. Let me ponder on this for <laughs> like, four days. Thanks for ruining my life. Um, yeah, it's really good. I... I did rewatch this. I own it. Just it had been a while, and still like there's parts of it I don't, I don't totally understand what they were doing. Yeah. Well, there's a scene where remember there's a scene where they the cops, they'll drive like criminals and get paid on the side to do it, and they kind of bust that up. They rob them once, and then it gets exposed. They tie them up and call them like, they're basically at the harbors. These drug lords will use the cops. Yeah. To okay. drive them yeah, yeah. between for safe harbor to their places. 
and they know about it so they rob them once at gunpoint like they block the vehicle and they fucking have machine guns and they rob them and then basically like they set the car on fire and like leave a note about like and call in a tip or something about like is what your cops are really doing so they they help kind of clean up the police department but also like make them more angry because there's probably people that didn't get caught that are in on the right stealing money from or under getting money underground kind of in shady ways but yeah the it's it's a fun movie and the end scene when you have spacey limping out and then then he he just gradually walks that was this is a thing over a few years like primal fear does that with clapping that was I had primal fear on my list like last was, year without rewatching it. Yeah, that was it's just the the twist. Well, yeah, because I think he slips up in that movie. He says I think he does it purposefully because he knows he's off. Yeah, but he says something about like, like, make sure is her neck okay or whatever, and he realizes like he shouldn't know anything about her neck being injured, and no. he's like, how did you know that? And he starts clapping like and smiling, and you're just like, oh shit. Yep. It's, the it's same. all farce. You're just pretending to be the way you are. The yeah. voices and shit. But, I mean, this movie was directed by Brian Singer. It's got Kevin Spacey And in it. Kevin Spacey. Both kind of... I don't know if it's a Weinstein. That'd be the trifecta. I don't oh think it was. God. I don't think it was. I don't think so. But Spacey yeah, won. Spacey won Best Supporting Actor. It didn't make... Sh- didn't get a worldwide. Yeah, I only made twenty three. Six, six million. That's not bad. No, that's pretty good. I didn't write the. I think that was the only Oscar nom because I didn't even get best See, picture. I've never seen this. Yes, you have. It's the famous. The cover of it's them with the line on the, the police lineup holding like numbers or something. It's. It's Maybe like a long time it's ago. a crime movie yeah, that has a twist, but it's funny too. Like. It may be a while ago, but... It I reminds don't... me almost like there's... It'd be like if Guy Ritchie made an American film. In, a, that, in some form. That is not it's maybe not comparison. as brutal. There's not as much fighting and drinking, but like... It's a Guy Ritchie feel to it in a way. It certainly it's... does. Not, I'd say the Guy Ritchie films are funnier. Yeah, they're more funny. Yeah, there's more funny, more drinking, more fighting. But... But there's some that, of the... Some of the just like attitude of it felt Guy Ritchie-ish. Gritty. Yeah, gritty. Yep. Um, I was just yeah, that was my number that, two. Is that weed or is that tutors? Those things. Those are tutors. No, oh, I don't want that then. No. Got enough of a tobacco problem. Yeah, you don't want any of that. So that was my number two. So I have. Oh, yeah, I canceled your shit. I got three I left. I have three left. I have three. I haven't gone in a minute. Yeah, so let time go. Just go. My number five is my foreign film. Oh, that will be nine. City of Lost Children. Heard of this. It's French. Was there a remake of it later? No. There was a City of God from... Oh, yeah, I own that. I've never watched it. <laughs> IMDb is 7.5. Metascore is 73. Rotten Tomatoes, 79% tomato meter, 90% audience. $18 million budget. Domestically, $1,738,611. Worldwide, $1,781,465. It's 
directed by Mark Carroll and Jean Perret Jeanette. Written by Jean Perret Jeanette, Mark Carroll, and Gil Adrian. Butchered all of those names, I'm sure. You said Jean correctly. That's pretty good. <laughs> good enough. Pierre. <laughs> but this movie has. Uh, God damn it. Guy's name who? Ron Perlman. He stars in it. Oh, wow. And speaks French. I didn't have any idea that he had a French background. So, so it's a French movie. It's a French movie, but Ron Perlman was the original Hellboy. Okay. He's an, I thought, American actor. But okay. He's not. What, uh, what's this movie about? It is essentially. I wouldn't. It's like a steampunk alternative reality or alternative reality. I wouldn't call it dystopian, but it has that feel where there's a mad scientist who is kidnapping children to steal their dreams because he can't dream and it's causing him to age faster. Hmm. Sure. But every child he kidnaps. All he gets is nightmares, so he can't sleep. Interesting. Ron Perlman is a circus strongman. I thought you were about to say circus lay. The way you started, like a cirque. Circus strongman. Strongman. Okay. And his partner buddy gets killed. His little brother gets stolen, kidnapped. And he comes across a group of orphans who get sent out. By their, I guess they're Siamese twin fucking watchers. Is there like a fantasy feel? It is a lot of fantasy. Okay. (coughs) Do you get to get into the dreams kind (coughs) of? Not so much. It's, It's more about, I mean, the story is Ron Perlman wants to save his little brother. Okay. And on the journey that he did, he picked up a little sister like he's he's a big strong guy but he's dumb as shit I'm trying to picture ron perlman in 1995 it is difficult i mean he looks like a dog he's got a big old chin red hair and and he was in the beauty and the beast tv show at one point in like the late 80s <laughs> before they made the movie even i think it's just a story of the beauty and the beast kind of like yeah where he literally had so much makeup on, he looked like yeah. Chewbacca, kind of. But yeah, it's just so, weird. I can't imagine because Sons of Anarchy is like thirteen years later, and Hellboy is ten years later. He, it's is he good? You, is he good in it? I mean, he's doesn't really say much. Like he's oh, playing kind of a dimwit. Gotcha. But this did, is all in French. Yeah. Did you ever see Brazil? Yeah. It has a very Brazil feel, feel to it, yeah. Where I don't know, there's awesome. a cult of blind fanatics. There's clones. There's they go into dreams. Like it's hmm. very fantastical. And this was almost going to be my French film with Sandy when we did that, and. I didn't choose it, but that's when I rewatched it. So it's been a minute. 
I, I, the title's familiar, but I don't think I've ever. I know I've never seen it, but I don't even know if I, I knew what it was really. You brought up Amelie earlier tonight, and I think one of the directors was involved in oh, Amelie okay, also. Yeah. So, yeah, we were talking about the color trilogy or whatever. Just coming up in '94 and '93. But it's sounds cool. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. The movie opens with a toddler sitting in his crib, and Santa comes down the chimney, and this is his dream. And then another Santa comes, and another Santa comes, and he's fucking, there's Santas everywhere, and goofy ass toys, and he's losing his shit, because it's a nightmare, which leads to the mad scientist having the nightmare, and he's freaking out. Hmm. Yeah, it's a wild flick. There, there's Uncle Ivan, who is just a brain in a fish tank. It, it sounds like a little Terry Gilliam, but a little David Lynch in the same way, where it's bit. like, what the fuck is going on? Right there now? is a big like steampunk feel. There's a bunch of people wearing like the whole metal and yeah. shit, you know? It's, yeah, I, can, I know what you're saying. Huh. to check that out. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. I've got three left. I have three. You have two, Tom, or three? I have two. Trav, you go. All right. Next one is Bad Boys. Oh, that was this year. Yeah. Um, IMDb is 6.9, meta 41, tomato 42%, audience 78. That's so crazy. It's more than double. Worldwide, $141.4 million. Budget was 19 Director, Michael Bay, baby. <laughs> Isn't this his kind of coming out I think party? it was. But yeah, Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. Who was the girl? I don't know. I just didn't write it down. Uh, um, Teresa something. Her name in the movie was Teresa something. I'll look it up. I think it was the... Chick from Men in Black for some reason. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. This movie, Will Smith is the, um, he's a trust fund baby. So he became a cop and he doesn't give a fuck. Like, he just has a badass time. And there was this person who was, um, trying to, like, hide from somebody and like i can only trust um will smith's character and martin lawrence and martin lawrence had to step up and he's like i am him and he's like you don't fit his thing but he's like i am him and so they go to his apartments all pictures of him everywhere he's like oh that's my partner it was like weird stuff going on and then well that's right there was the whole your partner's Mm -hmm. undertone to it yeah yeah so it was hilarious like, this movie is, like, I like one and two a lot. Um, I like the last one that just came out. For Life? Yeah. What, um, was, what was the bad guy in that one? I don't remember this movie very well at all. Um, It was, like, a drug thing, if I remember right. Like, it's been, like, a long time since I saw this one. I needed to rewatch it, but I didn't. Um, 
But it's like she's defending for her life. It's like a heroin or drug. If I remember, I don't remember. But this movie was one of my all-time... In fairness to Trev, when he said Teresa, the character is Teresa Burnett, played by Teresa Randall. So he was actually not completely off on that. Though also way down the line... Taya Leone is in this at some point, and so is Michael Imperioli from The Sopranos. Yeah. And then a guy that looks suspiciously like Jeff Bezos. <laughs> the kind of glance I saw this guy, I was like, is that Jeff Bezos? Look at this guy. Yeah. Too. It's a white bald guy. So I was right. He's was, Hispanic. His name's Mercado. When $100 million dollars worth of um, heroin. Uh, from, yeah, so it was about drugs. And... Sense. They were trying, she was trying to hide from somebody, and they said trust him because he was a trustworthy guy. And then he had to play his character the whole time, so then Will Smith's character had to play him. him. And so, there he's sleeping with his wife in his room, (laughs) and he's like, Oh, yeah, I'm doing dirty things, like (laughs) you know, just kind of fucking with them and shit. And I don't know, like. That's the thing I love about bad boys. It's like, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? And they're like, <clears throat> You just yeah. watch cops, too, you know? If you wanna hear that song. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, they had the soundtrack built into the movie. When into the movie. Started. And that's why I like, yeah, these are great movies. I, they're very enjoyable. Um, good times. And, yeah, I recommend it. Not much more to say about it because it's bad boys. This one was more low key than like two went off the fucking. Yeah, that's why they had Nelly shake a tail feather. That was like the yeah, theme song. That was a huge I song. I love that song. That was my sophomore year. That was my favorite song, dude. This one's my number three. I hope I'm hoping you have it or watched it because I'm gonna have trouble talking about it. It's Twelve Monkeys. I didn't rewatch it. You fucker! It. <laughs> Damn it! This is a confusing movie. I saw it once as a kid, and I barely remember it, and I probably definitely did not understand it then. Tomato meter 89, audience 88, IMDb 8.0, Metascore 74. It's written by Chris Marker and David Webb. What the hell is that last name? Peoples. David Webb Peoples. Directed by Terry Gilliam. I mentioned Brazil earlier. Budget twenty nine million, US fifty seven point one, worldwide one hundred and sixty eight point eight. That's really fucking good. Probably his biggest success because he did Fear and Loathing and he did Brazil. The only two I really know of. It's got Bruce Willis, Brad Pitt, Madeline Stowe, Christopher Plummer, a couple other people I recognize but I didn't write them down. Had two nominations. This I didn't know. Brad Pitt was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Really? I did not realize his first nomination. And then costume design, which seems kind of odd, but. So, it's very tough to describe. So, it basically, it's set in different time periods, but the beginning of the movie, Bruce Willis is like in this underground. This is your second Bruce Willis movie tonight. It is. Jesus. It's like an underground camp, and it's post apocalyptic. Something happened in 1996. That's supposed to be like 2030, which doesn't make sense because he doesn't look any older than he is in the other times, which I guess plays in because there's some time travel shit. There is time travel. 
So maybe it, you don't know what age he's supposed to be. But 1996, an event happened, a virus happened, fittingly. But basically it wiped out like 5 billion people, which back in 1996, there was probably only 6 billion people on the planet as opposed to like the almost 8 or over 8 we have now. Close to it, yeah. And animals have like taken control of our mainland kind of like and they work together there's bears and lions and fucking polar bears and wild cats and like big cats and like the same places it's very bizarre you don't there's not an explanation of what or why it happened exactly or why these animals are reacting this way but he gets sent he gets brought to this group of like scientists who were like the board of their community like their leaders and they're like you've been chosen and for good behavior we're gonna send you to do research so he tries doing research and he was like a i mean wasn't he not a prisoner he survived into their time yeah he i'm trying to remember exactly i really wish i rewatched this so he he does research real quick getting through this part i guess he did research doesn't really find anything, but he sees the 12 monkeys symbol, like the red with the like 12 weird, like it's on the poster. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's back in 1990. So he's gone back 40 years from where they're at at that point. He goes back to 1990 before the event and he's in an asylum. He doesn't know why he's there. He just, he just shows up there. Like he's just there automatically. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, and the psychiatrist is talking to him, played by Madeline Stowe, and he's telling them, all these people, like, 1996, like, the world's going to end, basically. Like, this is what happens. This fucking virus gets released. And they, they just assume he's a fucking crazy Yeah, he's a crazy person. person. Brad Pitt's in the asylum with him. Yes, that's right. And then he gets shot back to the present day of 2030-ish. And they're like, okay, we're going to send you back. We missed by a little bit in 1990. Because they, they gave him a phone number to call. Yes. And 1990, right. he calls it, but it's not the right number because it's not 1996. So he gets sent back. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're bringing him back. And then he gets sent back, and he gets he ends up, for like a few minutes, he's in 1917. He's in World War One. He's naked. He's like in the trenches oh, yeah, of yeah. World War One. He gets okay. shot in the leg. Shit. And then he finally, it writes itself, he gets to 96, and he's wounded, and he takes Madeline Stowe, the psychiatrist he had in 1990, hostage, and she's like, oh my god, you're fucking John, I don't remember his last name, but John whatever, and he's like, here, we need to go here to Philadelphia, you know, so he's going to track down, because he discovers Brad Pitt is the son of a scientist, played by Christopher Plummer, who might be involved in this whole thing what happened and one of their scientists is the guy i can't remember the actor david is it david morse the guy from titanic and alias and the green mile he's kind of the brooding like the bulky kind of gray-haired it's david morse i think think m-o-r-s-e or something maybe morse something like that yeah you're, you're right he plays a scientist that's helping Christopher Plummer. I can't remember exactly what they're doing. I just watched this like four days ago. I shouldn't remember. But it's confusing, like I said. And he basically starts to convince her 
And in fact, at one point, she, as she, she pulls, like, they help. She realizes he's wounded. She pulls the bullet out of him. And, like, they're on the run. Like, he's wanted because. Why do they want him again? I can't remember. He just. Well, there's a reason he's wanted, basically. Like, oh, he's wanted for kidnapping her. Jesus. Duh. But she's, like, willing with willingly with him at this point, even though she was technically kidnapped. And they get separated, and he goes to a party. He finds out there's a party where Brad Pitt's at in 1996. He talks to him, and he's like, holy shit, like, the science that you gave me the, the idea in 1990. Like, he's basically like, you gave me the idea to do what I'm going to do with this virus. And, like, he has a group of fanatics that follow him. Brad Pitt's really good in it. And, like, it's conf- the ending's ambiguous. It's confusing because he has a dream early on where you, s- you see him as a child and he sees this blonde woman running in an airport and somebody gets shot in the back. And at the very end, he's trying to... St- him and her are finally trying to stop the people doing it. Brad Pitt, basically, they break into a zoo and release all the animals. But it doesn't seem like that's actually the event. The event is David Morris's character, or Morrissey, whatever his name is. Right. He actually shows up at the airport with like vials of this virus to release through the air. Like he didn't even has a guy like, look, there's nothing in here, and he has him like smell it. And the guy doesn't do anything, but like it's probably gonna cause him to get other people sick and then yeah. starting it. And she realizes Madeline still sees him, and she's she recognizes him from earlier years, and she's like, oh my god, like he's here. And Bruce, they're in disguises because they're wanted. And you start to see scenes from the airport where there's like a little kid and there's her with a blonde wig because she's wearing a blonde wig because she's trying to be disguised and he's wearing like a mustache. And she's he's always seeing himself get shot at the end. So he's chasing down David Morrissey's character. Oh, and because yeah. he breaks through security, he gets shot. And you see her, she sees the little boy at the end and she smiles and there's... I was reading because uh, Chris, what's the guy you guys watch on YouTube? Chris, he does reviews of movies. Stuckman? I think it's him. Yeah, I think I watched one of his where like he's both himself in that scene and he is the little boy. There's like, he, he's in different time periods. Like he's, something happened to him. He's, yeah. So like he actually was seeing himself die in the future and it's happening in the final scene. And the final scene though, one of the scientists from the future meets like the scientist that's in the underground cavern with Willis in 2030. Right. She meets him. And she's He's like, oh, I'm a scientist. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm also a scientist and shakes his hand. And you realize like it could be one of two things. Either she was in on it and is just part of this underground where she's in power. Or she was sent back there at that exact time to prevent this. So you don't, it's ambiguous. The ending ends right there and you're like, well, shit, did they still do the virus or did he out prevent it like right it's fucking wild but it's very terry gilliam there's a lot of like really interesting camera angles and like weird illusions of like is this guy crazy like he's hearing voices sometimes and some guy will be like bob even though his name's a bob he's like hey bob some homeless guys talking to him later they see the same guy and he doesn't know who they are and it's like is this all in in our minds like what is it's a wild movie yeah i'm I'm glad I rewatched it because I, really I wouldn't have made my re-watched. list if I had. I really wish I would rewatched it. It probably would have had I done 
But listening to your description, it reminds me a lot of Looper. Yes. Where... Well, I was texting Jeannie when I was watching it, and I was like, have you ever seen Looper? She's like, is that with JGL? And I go, yeah. And she goes, I've never seen it. I said, these movies are pretty similar, weirdly. I, yeah. It's just a modern version. I mean, it's different, but there are... It's just... What is the cause and effect? I see, idea? I, I've only seen this movie once, but yeah, I've only they seen made it a once TV too. series out of it. But too. like when I say two once. or three seasons too, yeah, then, hey, oh, yeah, we've been thinking about that. Yeah, this is at first. Cause I, I was confused because I hadn't seen oh. it in so long. We had a pop. Ooh. Want to pause for a minute, or just keep yep, going, and so, or some one of you guys goes down while we're talking. So we're done talking about your movie, and then now. We're yeah, I feel like you're gonna say something. You want to say something? I figure you're gonna say something. Uh, or you're I, not. I wish I would have watched it. Yeah, it's a, but. I was impressed. I like Terry Gilliam a lot too. In fact, I kind of want to go back and watch any of his movies, even if they're not the best of his. You know. But yeah. well, he was. You're the Monty Python guy. Yeah. Yes, that's where. I think he did the graphic shit. I don't know if he was actually in the like comical. Uh, Cast. I think he just did the movies, honestly. Oh, did he? I think. I'll have to I look that I don't up. Know. But anyways, let's take a break. Yep. We'll be back after this break. All right. So I'm on my second one, or my last, second to last. And I'm just going to say it. Nine months. You guys are going to be shocked on this one. IMDb of 5.5, meta 47, tomato 26%, <laughs> audience 37%, worldwide 138.5 million. Jesus. Budget not known. What? Yeah, I couldn't find it. Director, writer, Chris Columbus, not Christopher, by the way. Yeah, I think we're aware of that. <laughs> Had Hugh Grant. Home Alone fan. Hugh Grant. Harry Potter, first two. Julia Moore. Tom Arnold. Joan Cusack. Jeff Goldblum. And Robin Williams. It's a pretty big cast. Yeah. It wasn't a terrible film. Wait, you said this was the Hugh Grant one? Yeah. It made 136? 138.5. What do you do, show his dick? I mean, what the hell, man? 138.5, yeah. <laughs> Um, big for this year that I've looked up, like it's there. Um, did you buy this and order it? I it I came bought, in the mail. On yeah, DVD. it came in the mail. I bought it on Amazon. You couldn't, or not the mail, but Amazon. Yeah. DVD, by the way. Yeah, I can't find the budget either. I'd say eighty-five percent of what I own is DVDs, even though now I only buy Blu-rays. But hey, you didn't trust me that I could not find it. Just but um, I I trusted you couldn't find it. So, <laughs> fuck you. Um, well, is that with that big of a fucking return? You'd think there'd be a budget listed. But no, this is a great movie. Uh, Nine months is about a pregnancy. So what it is is about a guy, him and his girlfriend are on the beach, and they're having a picnic, and they've been together for five years. And Tom Arnold has like three kids, and they're they're assholes. and they're all assholes. Yeah, Tom Arnold. And so like they hit him with a kite, and he knocks them out, and they start eating out of their picnic basket and spitting out all this expensive like uh, like caviar, caviar. Oh yeah, stuff. fuck caviar. 
And so, um, then they find out like that Joan Cusack's character, um, basically, or she was the brother of one of his best friends. She was the brother. Or no, she was a sister <laughs> of the best friend. And oh, it has a uh, Jeff Goldblum in it too. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum that makes it automatically five percent better. Jeff Goldblum is actually, um, her brother. Okay. And so then um, she thought, like, he thought he, she wanted a proposal because she's like, do you want anything more? Like, and he's like, I don't want fucking children, but she wants children. Like, she's kind of getting all that thing. And then um, eventually they're driving to Jeff Goldblum's place, which we found was his family's house out in, like, this winery area. And... Um, Basically, as they're driving there, he's driving this Porsche that he's been saving up for a long time. Finally got his Porsche. And uh, she's like, I'm pregnant. And he crashes the fucking car. Like, he's like, what the fuck? Like, he, he doesn't want children. And he doesn't want to grow up. And what happens is um, she leaves him because he misses the appointment and stuff. And he, she finally realizes he doesn't want children. He doesn't give a fuck. After he loses her, he starts reading, like, you know, the big pregnancy book of, like, what, I can't remember what that's called, but every fucking pregnancy movie has it. What to be, what to expect, expecting, what expecting. expecting. Yeah. And so then, um, after all that happened, like, he started reading the book, turning. Yeah, this makes it sound like. Is it like more like ensemble, like multiple stories, or is it like who's like the main character of the movie? These the main character is Hugh Grant, like him, okay. him not wanting to grow up, yeah. and um, him just wanting to be him. Like, is this he, like his first big movie? No, he's um, a lot of other big movies. Well, but I feel like most of his his run was like now until the early two thousands, kind of like. I think this might have been the. Coming off out. of his rom com, like okay. leading man. Thing. He had like Love Actually, 03. I mean, Notting Hill. But then there were some of those shitty ones he did with Sandra Bullock. But they like, still did well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's him. I mean, it, there's something about him that women. I mean, he's a good looking guy, I guess, suppose. Maybe not now. Thinking of the gentleman. Gentleman, Paddington. Didn't even realize two, it was him. He was the villain of, too. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it is a, I mean, paint by numbers rom com. It is. A fine, fine rom com. You know how it's going to end as soon as you start the fucking movie. But, but like, Tom Arnold's character was a car salesman. And once he realized that she was pregnant, he's like, oh, you gotta come see me get a family car. And one of my favorite scenes was. Um, he finally gets like a Ford Explorer, like trades in his Porsche. He's like, gave me a shitty deal, but I fucking just had to get rid of the Porsche. And, um, he wins back his girlfriend and, um, as like he, she's like, oh, when he was single, there was this girl and, um, he didn't hook up with her. She wanted to hook up with him and he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Like drops her off her place. She was pretty drunk. And so they, when he takes her out to dinner for to make up for uh, everything, she was the hostess. 
and she's like, "Oh, so and so, yeah." She like, you know, she knows you by your like, your that name, and she's mm-hmm. like, she's like, I never met her in my life. Before you know, she slices her finger. His girlfriend goes in labor, so they take him both to the hospital. He's like, and you don't know her, like, starts freaking out, and then like they uh, almost run over these one people, slam on their brakes, gives this guy a heart attack. So there's old people get in the backseat. We're going to the hospital. Jump in. We'll keep going. And so they're in the backseat. And all of a sudden, like, they ran over a bicycler. And, like, yeah, they throw the bike in the back and throw the guy on top, like, over the I seat. Think, I think one accident was enough, probably. And <laughs> like, so they get to the hospital. He's like, I got a pregnant woman. I got a woman that needs stitches. I have a guy that has a heart attack. And this guy has a broken leg. Like, <laughs> he's like, I need multiple stretchers. Right now, like, <laughs> and him and Tyron Arnold, Arnold getting a fight in the delivery room for I don't remember why. Because yeah. they were filming the fucking vaginal, oh. <laughs> the bird. The How bird. long is Tom Arnold in this movie? Probably like four, 25, 30 minutes. I mean, that seems so odd to me to think of him being in a, like a decent sized role in a movie and just. I mean, it was popular. Next then. year is True Lies. Yeah, yeah. Which you can't even <laughs> get. It's not streaming anywhere. I no, I know. It's but no, Sandy has it somewhere. She told Jamie us. Lee Curtis, baby. We're gonna find it. I'll find it tonight. That's a good. She film. looks damn good in that movie. She still looks good for her age. Knives Out. She still looks nice. Yeah, and she's a great actress too. Yeah. Did you see the oh, and she Lee? comes from a fucking background of that shit, you know? Oh, Janet yeah. Lee and Tony Curtis. And I mean, she's got new... Yeah, you're right. The new Halloween movie comes out. Yeah, the last one was supposed to be good. I never, this s- fucking, I never saw it, but... It was great. Yeah, I know Simmons, Simmons... Simmons' favorite horror movie ever is the original Halloween. I get behind that. He's a big Halloween guy. Are you good on that, or you got more to say, or do you have more to add, Tom? Just a solid running the run of the mill. uh... It's paint by numbers. Yeah, I have nothing else to say about this movie. I think it was. I mean, I like a I like a good rom com. I like Julianne Moore a lot too. Yeah, she's she's one of the best of her generation. Yeah, I think this movie was great. All right. My number two is Heat. As my number three. Tomato meter 87, audience 94, AMDB, I'm, AMDB, IMDB 8.2, meta 76, written and directed by Michael Mann, one of my personal faves. Budget 60 million, US 67.4, worldwide 187.4. There's Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Val Kilmer, John Voight, Ashley Judd. Um, What's her name? Amy Brenneman, Natalie Portman when she's young, Tom Sizemore, Dennis Haysbert. Pretty loaded cast. Even some of the cops. One of the cops is the guy that plays Buffalo Bill. I think Ted Levine. Buffalo Bill from Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. Signs of the Lambs. I said Lord of the Rings for some reason. Um, This movie, I mean, it's about Robert De Niro and his crew of, like, heistmen. First... 20 minutes is them like stealing an ambulance, stealing a fucking semi, 
Uh, they fucking everything is going good until one of the guys. There's two things. There's Tom Sizemore calls somebody slick, which somehow gives him away later, which seems kind of dumb. But it's his nickname and like the FBI profile they look up, and far fetched a little. But and then Wayne Grow, who's the guy who's like the wild card of the group, he's the new guy, and he fucking shoots the cops, shoots the cop, and then they have to kill the other cops to fucking cover that. So he leaves bodies, which is a no go, and. That scene cracks me up when they're in the diner afterwards and De Niro sees him and he comes in and he fucking slam he's slamming his head <laughs> on the table in that fucking crowded diner. Like, could you imagine being a customer in there? Like Yeah. Like, I think we need to leave. <laughs> but what I love about this movie is it's super long. I rewatched it. Did you rewatch it? Or no? I did not, no. I own it. I did too. It's legit I mean, there are like four movies this year that are legit three hours. Like they're but they're all really good movies. Yeah. And this movie does one of the best jobs I've ever seen of like how gunfire sounds. Like when the the big heist scene in the middle of the movie, which you think is probably like an end scene when you first watch it, you're like, Oh, this is at the end of the movie. There's still like fifty minutes left after that. See, I've never seen this. It's so good. Um the heist scene, like Val Kilmer and De Niro are bank robbers, they rob this bank. That's one of the best openings, I think. Yeah, the opening's great. Like it's well, the best wild. opening that comes to my mind is the Joker. Right? That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, it yeah, reminded I mean, me of that. It's, that's it's very, very realistic yeah, from sure. the gunfire. It sounds... That's what goes through my mind is the best opening. Because ever. they rob the, the bank, and then they're Pacino and them are in pursuit, and they're, like, firing into crowds and shit. Like, it's a really cool, like... Um, Actually, the, it's the reason Simmons then started the rewatchables because Heat's their favorite movie, him and this guy named Chris Ryan. Really? So their first one was Heat. And then they did that on his podcast just as a normal, just random podcast in like 2014. And then like three years later, they developed the rewatchables. And they actually, in episode 100, they did the reheat. They did it again. <laughs> hmm. But it's so yeah. cool because originally it was based on Michael Mann wrote a tv movie or tv series called it's supposed to be called la takedown so all these extra little if you remember the movie much but like dennis haysburg characters and natalie portman's they're small roles but they would actually like they were supposed to be main like this would be such a deep cast that they would have like an episode based on them but she knows okay. the cop yeah. and it's the first movie Didn't natalie portman her character od she tries to kill herself that's she yeah, cuts her wrist in the bathtub right. but they save her Pacino's her like not step kind of her stepfather. They're not married. They're not but married. She's no. he's been mm-hmm. around for years. He is in pursuit of De Niro, and De Niro. It's cool because I know they're in Godfather two together, but they don't share any scenes because he's a flash. But he's Don Corleone when he's young. And it's my understanding so, that they were never on. They are. Film that's together. that's actually a that's a farce because even though that Michael Mann claims that scene because you never see their f- you not... see Pacino's face and then you see the back of De Niro's head or vice right. versa but they share a scene later anyways the final couple scenes there's a scene where they actually he pulls him over and they're talking at the car he's like come meet me at this diner there's a diner scene and then there's the final scene with the shootout and he's holding him after he dies yeah, but do, do you see yeah you do when Pacino shoots yeah. De Niro he's holding him at the end it's, okay. they're together and they're at the airport like in the interest with a f- flights are landing and like so kind of like in wayne's world and oh. they're sitting and like waiting <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that there's wind and shit and they're shooting 
they're in the same scene. That okay. that's not true, okay. but it's possible he could be lying about that specific scene. But if they're in other scenes together, they've been in other scenes together. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that was an internet thing or what or rumor, but they they're in the same scene. It's funny too because Amy Brenneman's character dates De Niro's character, and she's just like a light. She's like a not a librarian. What she works at a bookstore, but this lady like she dates this guy. She knows he's a criminal. He has no furniture in his apartment. He's like. When they first meet, she asks him what he's reading about, and he's like, what do you care about I'm reading about, lady? Like, he's just kind of a dick to her. And I was like, why would this lady ever be into this guy? <laughs> yeah. Is she that big of a loser? Like, Oh, yeah, there's, like, random, like, Henry Rollins, isn't it? The guy from uh, Black Flag. Black Flag. Yeah. Uh, Hank, Hank Azaria is in it. That's the whole I scene. I don't remember Hank Azaria. He's having an affair with Val Kilmer's girl, which is Ashley Judd. Oh, yeah. And they they use him to like, get Isn't information. Isn't that what kind of fucked everything that's, up? Well, that's also the fate. Yeah, it fucks up. But it's also the famous, uh, if you see it in the scene, Al Pacino looks like he's about to say, she's got a fat ass. But that's what he does. She's got a great ass. That's the, that's the scene where it's kind of to make fun of, really. It's ridiculous. Um, Val Kilmer's in it. He's really good. He's got like a blonde ponytail. Looks like some sort of European guy. Val Kilmer again. Val Kilmer again. uh, Oh yeah. He uh, he's good in it. Um, he's got a gambling problem. Like in the TV show that was supposed to be made, there's probably I know I read there was like further like there was gonna be stuff about him having his gambling, but you never see his gambling. Right. But. The cops also get Ashley Judd involved to turn on him, but she doesn't. She sees him out the window once and kind of tips him off to leave. That's right. He changes his appearance already anyways, but she knows it's him. And, like, the final scene, too, like, the shootout in the airport's really great, but then there's, like, in the credits, there's this really cool song by Moby, of all people, and it's, like, I didn't know it was him. It's all, like, instrumental, but it's, like, really cool. And, like, might say something out of, like, the Drive soundtrack. Oh, okay. It's kind of like electronic, but it's pretty sweet. It's a great movie. Yeah. I I mean... One of my favorite shootouts of all time. In terms of like heist bank robbery movies, it's it's right there. It's up there. I mean, Point Break and... I love Point Break. The first one. Not the new one. I know you guys haven't seen Once Upon a Time in America from the 80s with De Niro, but that's got a couple bank heist scenes that are cool, so... Yeah. All right. I have one. So do I. I have one. You go then. Because I think me and Tom are going to share, I I assume. Well, this one's not going to be on your guys'. Heavyweight. Oh, my God. (laughs) I did watch it. IMDb at 6.7. Meta, 42. Tomato, 29. Judd Apatow. Yeah, listen. Tomato, 29%. Audience seventy seven percent. That's huge. Worldwide seventeen point seven million. Budget none. Director Stephen Brill. Well, you couldn't find it. There's no way there's a zero budget. <laughs> I I search. Writer Judge Apatow. Judge. Judge. Judge Reinhold. Bed Stiller. Jer- <laughs> Bed. Ben Stiller, fucker. Ben Stiller. Jerry Stiller and his mom. 
action in her life. And then Tom McGowan. McGowan? I don't remember any of these. I know Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller but, no, there's a... I've only seen this, like, once. I love this movie. Like, it's about Fat Camp. Yeah, I know it's Fat Camp. It held up. And then it got sold oh, out to, like, Oh, ben... you watched it? Yeah, yeah we, we watched it. Yeah, it got sold out to Ben Stiller's dad. No, Ben Frank Stiller. Oh, it got sold out to... Ben to, uh, Stiller's dad, Jerry, ben sold Stiller. it to yeah. Ben. Exactly. That's where I was going with that. I was, I was a little confused. He's just like an asshole, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's kind of playing the same guy he plays in uh, Dodgeball. Okay. But, yeah, it's it's fun movie. I mean, I can't remember much. I just know he's a dick. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I had a kid from the Mighty Ducks. Was the main kid. Okay, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I Carp, mean... I think, was his name in Mighty Duck. Yeah. But, yeah, he goes to Fat Camp. And They're the like, Fat Camp is supposed to be fun and shit. And they then have go-karts and they have a blob. and Ben Stiller takes it over and it's all about health and fitness. Yeah, he he's trying to get in a whole movie or not movie, but what do you call that? Like yeah, unpopular, unpopular opinion. It sounds like he's probably doing a good commercial. job. <laughs> and so he's trying to get that, and um, he has a guy that's filming him, and he's not even paying that guy. And Ben Stiller got the money from his dad, who owns this big lighting company. Okay. And um, once like he got caught, um. The lighting company guy, his dad's like, oh, yeah, he overdid it. Like, basically apologized and basically made it a fun camp again for two more weeks for the kids instead of, like, a boot camp. And the well, kids, like, ended up, like, trapping Ben Stiller in the wilderness. And There was a tournament at the end of the – against the actual, like, sports camp. They won. There are two – now that I think about it, there were two fucking – uh, Mighty Ducks kids and Goldberg was on it. Was he oh, really? Yeah. yeah, he was the kid that could yeah, shave. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, there were two. Fuck, that's funny. Yeah, I can't find out what that yeah, heavyweights. I was not expecting. You've had an interesting list this year. <laughs> yeah, Tom I went- and I are about to share. I think our fourth movie. But yeah, I mean, I this movie's a fun movie. It's what you think like when you were a kid and you want to go to camp and have a good time, and That's then it turns it into like, like and... tor- torture hell. Like yeah, you're getting like a fat kid. Like I'm gonna eat nothing. Like they starved the four fuckers. Like that's not healthy. Like the whole stashing of fucking yeah. Like the people that went to Kentucky Fried it's Chicken. A fun and, film. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous, but it's good kids flip. But yeah, my next. 194 is my next like crazy one, but you know what that is already. But um, another camp movie. Yeah, (laughs) but um, yeah, I enjoy this movie thoroughly. And as we go through these years, I choose my childhood favorites a little bit too because these are the ones that kind of changed my life a little bit. Well, yeah, like 
It's not best movies. It's, yeah, it's favorite. favorite. Movies. So like, yeah, yeah. There's uh, some movies in the next few years because this is when I started watching movies. Like, there's gonna be some that are, I don't want to say embarrassing, but like just oh. not great movies. They're just yeah. movies that are memorable for you. Yeah, I'll let you do the number one because you haven't talked a little bit, and I know we're gonna have it. There's if you if you don't have this, I'm gonna be appalled. Is this your number one? Yeah. Okay, seven. Yep. Is that your number one? Yep. Okay. It's one of the and best movies of the last one. 30 years. Yeah. Top 10 of the last 30 years, in my opinion. And I didn't even It didn't even get it. fucking nominated for Best Picture. It's incredible. Wasn't Spacey nominated for this, too? No. The only nomination was film editing. Oh, shit. Fincher didn't get nominated. Nothing. That's a disgrace. It, if this came out, if they redid it, like it'd get at least six nominations, probably. Maybe more. Best Picture. I bet you Freeman would get nominated. One of those two would. Writer, for sure. Writer. Have to be. Director and Picture, yeah. IMDb, 8.6. Metascore, 65. Rotten Tomatoes, 82%. Tomato Meter, 95% audience. $33 million budget. $100,125,643 domestically. Three hundred and twenty-seven million three hundred thirty-three thousand five hundred fifty-nine worldwide. That surprised me that it made that. It's so that's dark. A lot. I was kind of like, "Damn, that's surprised that made that much." And it even got a fucking track overseas. But yeah, director was David Fincher, written by Andrew Kevin Walker. This movie is fucking heavy. It's just a fucking no-name city. Yeah, like you kind of like, where are we? Are we in Seattle? Are we fucking? It's supposed to be ambiguous, though. Yeah, that's the idea. Freeman's in this. He's retiring from this place he hates, and he takes on shitty place to live. And he, yeah, he takes on this final case because Pitt's supposed to take over for him. But Pitt's so inexperienced and over. He thinks he's more qualified than he is. Yeah, he's, Cocky. he's got some attitude to him, for sure. That he's like, I'm staying on for this last case. And, yeah, Pitt is more of the bust in and do it, where Freeman is the psychological. Out, psychological. Like that scene, did you rewatch this? I did not. There's a scene oh. with, like, the painting. And the music, they end up like taking it down. He finds like a random little fucking tag note, like in the back of this painting in this museum, like because it's about the seven deadly sins. Like these murders are happening. There's, you know, lust. There's envy. There's, wrath yeah, was wrath. the last. <laughs> yeah. That, What's in the box? The fuck are you? Gluttony. Gluttony, yeah, that one's pretty gross. The guys... <coughs> well, the guy, what's the guy the that's one that like, was like starved? That's the starved guy that they find. They think John C. McGinley's in this too. He's like in the SWAT team that like they think he's the guy's dead. He looks like he's been. De- it looks like he's rotted out. Yeah. That... And then a guy coughs and he's actually alive, but he can't speak because his lungs are so fucking seared. What? Yeah. What would that? What was that? Sin, I can't remember. Cause he did. I think he was a drug addict. Cause, spoiler alert: uh, Kevin Spacey's the 
He's only in the movie for 15 minutes, but he's awesome. Pride. That was the... Politician. Yeah, the, the guy DA, in the high-rise. The DA, I think. Uh, greed. No, that... Oh, that was my greed. Yeah, Pride was... What's the first one they find? I can't remember. There's the DA. That's one of those two. There's pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth was the the fucking skinny guy that yeah. freaked everybody out. Gluttony is obviously the guy they made eat himself to death. Yeah. Wrath was the end. Lust Jeez. was the prostitute where the guy yes. the guy is like the actor, I don't know who it is, but he does a great job where he's like, and they made me do this. Like, he's like, he is involved in the murder, even though he's not. He was forced into it because he was going to be murdered if he didn't. But, I mean, the. Like, whoever that actor is, I was like, holy shit, dude. The first time you actually see that Kevin Spacey when he walks in the detective. Detective! Detective! Yeah. Because but you see him before, you don't know it's him, or he's he's the photographer. He takes a picture at the scene, and that's he, right. And that he's like, "Get the fuck out of the here!" Chase and... and then, of course, because he knows who he is, he can track down who Gwen Feltrow is because it's his wife. She's like a lonely school teacher who doesn't teach anymore. They have two dogs or something. Because they have Morgan Freeman over for dinner, and they get to know him and she even calls Freeman when she finds out she's pregnant she even tell her husband yeah which makes the even last scene even crazier what's in the fucking box shut the fuck up like yeah Pitt, Pitt's really good in like Freeman is too though it, they could have think was this cause I mean Brad Pitt was in 12 Monkeys too was this second the first movie. kind of straight like Leading role he had? I mean, he's in, at that point, a river runs through it in Legend of the Fall. Is that leading, though? It's kind of shared. But this it's shared with Freeman. Too. But, I mean, he's got... He's, like, a still, like, a... Second leading score. He's, like, the Pippin in this movie, or possibly the Jordan. Wherein... Especially river runs through it. This, he's not the main character. It's the brother, right? I know it's one of your faves. River run, a river runs through it. Yeah, I like the river runs. Through Pitt's it. Pitt's Pitt. not the main main character. It's no. his brother. Yeah, he's more supporting Brad Pitt. I'd okay, say then, and then Legends of the Fall. That's got Hopkins and yeah. fucking. So it's kind he's of a, playing. <laughs> so yeah, this might have been and even Interview with the Vampire '94. Like Cruz. That was Cruz. Is, yeah. Actually, weirdly, the story is told. I think mainly mainly through. Pitt's character's eyes. I own the book. I never read it. My mom lent it to me. So I actually don't own it. It's my mom's. Yeah, my that, was, that was almost your vampire movie. Yeah. That'll probably make my list next year. It'll be low on it, but Which it'll be one? low or not Which make one? it. Interview with the Vampire. Oh, yeah. I, I like that movie. I love lot. that movie. Actually, the book, I'm pretty sure, is told from Pitt's character's perspective. Louie, I think his character's name is. Yeah. I'm gonna three so that might have actually because Cruz, I remember in the movie Cruz gets his throat slit by Kirsten Dunst and he's gone for a while. So I think it's actually that is kind of his. He's a lead in that. Okay. He's just not as flamboyant and in your face as fucking Cruz is. His Lestat. <laughs> but my mom loves those books. Anne Rice. 
anyways, but yeah, you might be right. I think because he because at that point he had been in Thelma and Louise, very and supporting. But that one scene as well, Snatch is after. Snatch is two thousand. That was in our first year we did the pod. Jesus, or the Christ. year first year pod. I just fucking figured we haven't gotten to it yet. No, it was two thousand. I, I think it. Down. I think it might have been my five. I think. Anyway, so there's that Thelma and Louise, and there's um, True Romance. He's in that. I don't remember. Charquette. It's written. It's a Tony Scott movie. It's written by Tarantino, though. Oh, that's right. After it's like '93, I think. That was, that's cra- what gave him the right got, to do Pulp Fiction. It's got Gandolfini and stuff. Yeah. So, it's a crazy movie. Patricia Charquette. But, yeah, this movie. Whew. Yeah. Those last 30 minutes. When you realize he's been cutting it down his own. He's been cutting off his own skin on his fingers so he doesn't have fucking fingerprints. So he has bandages. The detect- detective scene. Mm-hmm. And then there's hit the last 10, 15 minutes when he's leading them to the scene and you're just talking to him he's just talking shit but brad pitt's talking shit but he doesn't know like dude you're about to be your world's about to be rocked have you ever, you've but, never seen seven i've seen it once but it's... oh my god it's i think it's fincher's best movie i probably agree yeah i think so uh, i've only seen that movie once it's it's either that or fight club or I know this. I'm probably. I I think the social network is really good, <laughs> yeah, but I know. it's not on those two levels. Yeah, I mean, everybody fawned over Benjamin Button. I hated that fucking movie. Really, I thought that movie got panned pretty good. I don't I think mean, it got good. nominated I, for a bunch of awards. I own it. It's not very good. I didn't like it. It's a cool concept. It is. I would much rather watch Gone Girl or. I wasn't as big on Zodiac as a lot of people were. Zodiac's really that, good. That's a good flick, but that would be in, actually. I, I think if I was my top three in some order would be Seven, Fight Club, <coughs> and Zodiac. Actually, for him, right, Zodiac's a slow burn. That's actually rewatching his. I I, I mean I it's really well written. I really my favorite is the Swedish girl with the dragon tattoo, but. His version His was also good. pretty fucking good. I see. I didn't see that version. It's good. But yeah, seven. It's a good way to end it. It's a good so, way to end it on heavyweights right there. <laughs> we got just miss. Uh, okay, so I want to bring something up. Okay. I brought it up earlier. I'm gonna bring it up now. The most fucked up movie of 1995. Yep. Is The Kids. Just Kids. Kids. More fucked up than Seven? Oh, dude. Um, it's about rape. Seven's pretty old. And raping oh. a girl with AIDS. Kids. Like, and it's Robert Kelly, I think. Like, he's. Is that the Donnie Darko guy? It's That's not Richard Robert Kelly. Kelly. But no, or... um,. The movie is like he's raping. You've not a, seen this movie? No, I don't know. He's oh, raping. Yeah. He's raping a girl that has. You AIDS. watched this? Yeah, I've seen it because somebody told me I had to see it, and I watched it. He's raping. He knows she has AIDS. No, he she no, does he not. And he and she's like sleeping, passed out, and he he and oh. she's like, shh, 
It's Casper. And like as he's slipping in her and she, and she knows this? she has AIDS. Is it foreign? No. no it's, it's about New York. Like it's these Larry gangsters. Clark. Yeah. He's a director. That, this is Rosario Dawson's debut. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. It's a movie about kids. I mean, middle, high school age kids in New York somewhere. And they're doing drugs and having sex and it, yeah, essentially the main character, I don't even remember how it comes up, but he finds out that he's HIV. His best friend essentially rapes his ex-girlfriend while she's passed out from being too fucked up, who would you inherently find out that she's HIV positive and he rapes her and gets HIV. It is written by Harmony Coin or so fucker. Yeah. This movie yeah, is yeah. so fucked. That, I mean, asshole. just to so, put some perspective on it. It is a refill. Um, so the thing is about this is my ex-roommate, um, her boyfriend at the time's like, if you've never seen this, I'm like, no. And he's like, you need to watch it. I thought you were going to say he had AIDS or something. So, like, oh, this is be fucking weird. So I was like, okay. I'm like, how fucked is this? And he's like, it's fucked. But me and my roommate at the time, she's like, we'll both watch it with you. So we got it from like Blockbuster. Like this was like, oh, five. Tom, you've seen this? Yeah, I saw it in college. No, this is like 07. This is 07, 08. And we got it. And I, at the end, was like, mouth dropped. Like, what the fuck did I just fucking watch? There's some movies that make you feel real sick to your stomach. Like, it didn't make my list in 99 because of how fucked up. Do you remember Boys Don't Cry? Yes, I do. That's fucked. That, the last 20 minutes of that, you're just, like, so disturbed. It's like, I can't say this is one of my favorite movies. Like, it's a good movie. It's just so upsetting. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fucked up. Okay, actually, you know what's one I thought you were going to have? When I said earlier, I was like, I got a long one, but I couldn't rewatch it. And you were like, yeah, I think I got that. Casino. Yeah, I almost uh, put that on my list. I didn't get a chance to rewatch I watched. I chose Braveheart over it to, to watch. Casino that was the one I long. thought you weren't going to have was Braveheart. No. I love, I love, I knew I was going to choose that over Casino probably if I had to watch. So I would have made, if I had rewatched it, it would have made me laugh. I actually sat there and wa- read like a six page. I almost watched a video. It. I almost watched a video to kind of recap it. I was like, I don't want to do that. It's been I so did, long. I, so I started reading it. Seems that. cheap I to me. I didn't do a recap. I started reading about it. Cause, um, this was the Casino was the movie that when we drove out to Sun Valley, Every year, um, you threw, yeah, you're, you, we would have that on VHS. My as my grandma's favorite movie, so I was wild. like ten, eleven years old, and I fucking was watching this while we're driving. I can't imagine my grandma watching Casino. <laughs> oh yeah, it was my grandma's favorite movie, and um, so one of hers. She had many. Yeah. And so we're just in the van and we had two TVs and we could have watched our other shit, but I was like, oh, let's watch, you know, sync them it's together. Let's just watch it. I just can't. And give it so, justice. Yeah. 
whenever I see, hear casino, I was like, yep, we were cruising in the van, and I watched this like multiple times. So I feel like you watched it enough, then that you could have done it. But I read it, and I was like, fuck, this has been way too You didn't want to like do same with, uh, what was the other one you said that about? Was it Braveheart? There was another movie where we were like, oh, I wanted to say it, but I didn't want to sound like yeah. I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, like I didn't want to sound like a total tard. I did that with Die Hard with a Vengeance, I'm pretty sure. No, I, no, I did when you watched that shit. Never mind. Fucking idiot. Um, but I've done that before. Like, no. Billy Masson. I mean, granted, it barely made my list by default. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that in seven years, probably, or more. Uh, my other... So, Missed the Cut was Casino, and I wrote in parentheses, Rewatch, just because it would have made it otherwise. Need to watch... I've not seen Basketball Diaries, which is DiCaprio. He has a drug problem. Yeah, just didn't. leaving Las Vegas and kicking and screaming, but not the Will Ferrell. That's the one with uh, <laughs> by Noah Baumbach, who wrote like Marriage Stories. Kind of. Yeah, it's not Will Ferrell. Slow and burn Mike dramas. Or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> slow burn dramas for Noah Baumbach. But I hear it's a good coming of age movie. Got like Eric Stoltz and mm-hmm. he was supposed to be Marty McFly. Yeah. But he had a, they didn't like him, so they chose. Well, really, what it was is they wanted Michael J. Fox in the beginning, and then he wasn't available because of family, family ties. ties. Yeah. And then he became available, and they were like, "All right, fuck, you're fired, Eric <laughs> Stoltz. So here you go, Mike." So, yeah, the kicking and screaming. So I really had three. I also, as a kid, I remember watching the movie Powder yeah. with uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Yep. Yeah. And thinking it was really interesting, but, like, I don't know if it's good. And I never got a chance to watch it again. Pretty sure the director's in jail now. There's, like, a thunderstorm at the end where he gets struck by lightning or something. It's something fucking weird. Yeah, I remember seeing it, but it was... Odd movie. Very. Did you have any that you were like, damn, I wish, but I didn't? There was... um, well, 12 Monkeys, I guess, for you. Yeah, Day of the Beast was another foreign film I was looking at. Another one. It was kind of a horror comedy from, like, Germany, I think. Hmm. Where a priest is about to die and he wants to experience debauchery. <laughs> so he's <laughs> fucking doing all this weird shit. Drinking and whoring. Uh Golden Eye, I always really liked. Yeah, I, I never liked that one. I almost well, I'm not a Bond guy, but I've never liked Pierce Brosnan's Bond stuff. That is the best one. For, and the video game is fucking awesome. Even though it's the also terrible. It's also terrible at the same time. But at the time, uh, Dead Man Walking, I watched yeah, a long time ago. Sean Penn and Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. I did. That was on my. I wanted to watch. Uh, also, Dead Man with Johnny Depp. Just Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, I did makes, not see My that. dad's a big Jar- Jim Jarmusch guy. He makes really interesting shit. Really? Very indie, low budget. Fuck. I probably on the on the level of budget of like a Harmony Corinne or like a no. uh, the guy that did Buffalo sixty six. I had a couple years ago. I can't remember his name, but less than a million dollar budgets. Very black and white often. Yeah. I never saw Quick in the Dead, Crimson Tide. I've seen Crimson Tide. It's fine, but... Never saw Get Shorty. Never saw it. Nope. 
Russo. Um, I mentioned earlier, she's in Get Shorty by herself. A Little Princess was a movie by... It was this year. That was Pedro Al... That guy? Yep. I wanted to... I didn't care what it was. I just wanted to see it because he did it. And then I... Another one I wanted to watch... It was still lower on the list. It was, it was probably five from watching still. was Mighty Aphrodite just to see if Mira Sorvino deserved the Oscar. Because it's a curiosity. Of yeah. Like, do you, that, did did that, you deserve this? That was one of those ones Woody that's Allen. always fucking... Well, just her winning the Oscar. It's kind of like the Jack Palance with Marissa Tomei where like yep. they think they read the wrong name. And her dad's Paul Sorvino, who's a famous. He's in a lot of Scorsese movies. Yeah. I think it's Italian, essentially. But a I, fat Italian man. I haven't really seen her in much of anything, so... I've only seen her in that in Romy Michelle's... Or no, I've never even seen her in that, but I've seen her in Romy Michelle's um, High, High School Reunion. reunion. She's funny in that. I actually think she's... I find her really attractive, at least then. Yeah, most definitely. She's one of my crushes, I guess. Um, There was... Pocahontas was the big yeah. animated Disney I didn't even Disney put that on mine to think about. I, I just saw always it write it down. I mean, that movie is problematic. Yeah. No. We saw that in school. We went to we went as a class to see that in theaters. Well, really? then he beat the. Well, we shit probably out didn't of her know it was. And, we probably didn't know yeah. it was like inaccurate. Well, yeah. Also, in first or second grade, they're not going to teach us about her. Getting there was raped. a lot of inappropriate bullshit that happened with that bullshit. Yeah. John Smith, not a great dude. No, he, he came actually pretty as, much. He came then off was as a beautiful, yeah, handsome nobody person that. that yeah. It's like Lewis and Clark. Like Lewis and Clark were like terrible people. <laughs> like, well, and so was everybody else who lived back. The then. thing yeah. is, is about this is, he was a beautiful, handsome man that beat the fuck out of her, but in real life, but like treated her like fucking a queen in the movie. In the movie. Do you remember yeah. trying to play the Sega game you bought for Pocahontas? It was really hard. It was hard yeah. as fuck. <laughs> you were trying to jump and you just keep landing. You're like, I can't grab the ledge. Yeah. Fuck that game. Man, one oh, more shit. I want to just fucking... Listen, guys. Okay. I might have hit the wrong button. What? The last movie I want to shout out is Ghost in the Shell. The original anime. Yeah, that I wrote it down, but I didn't. Was it wasn't. It, it wasn't streaming. Yeah, I didn't anywhere. think it was. But I had seen it before, and it it's really fucking good. The Scarlett Johansson remake is trash, not because Scarlett Johansson was cast; it was just, just trash. Not. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't have my list. I don't have my laptop here, so I can't tell you what else. But I had a pretty long list. I just. This was for a six week span. I just was too busy. Yeah. And so, so hopefully the next four to five are. I, I think, won't be as busy. I have a week off heading up. Yeah. So the second well, half. Ninety four. We're definitely. Well, the second half of the week, I'm gonna be busy, but. Well, I, I could probably watch a couple movies in the next couple of days. I just think going backwards, we're gonna get more and more because we had crossover. quite a bit of crossover. You and I had four. Yeah. We had two at least. Well, yeah. Three of us had Toy Story. And we have another Kevin Smith coming up. And well, everybody will we'll have, have that. But yeah, Even if we I had more ads. Everybody had Toy Story. Everybody had... I thought there were... Well, you and I each had Heat and Seven and The Usual Suspects. 
and Braveheart. So you and I had shared four. Actually, you and I had shared five with Toy Story. So you and I had five. I only had one with him, Toy Story. So he's the problem. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Get online. Yeah, if Tom and I were alone on this, it would have been like an hour and 15-minute podcast. Actually, no, because we get off tangents. So we do one movie, Harry Potter. It's two hours long. Jeannie listened to the second one we did. She's like, that was still like an hour 45. I go, yeah, I know. Did I order food at that time? Oh, not on the Harry. Well, him and I did the Harry Potter. Oh, that one. Okay. Actually, we need to do that soon. The third one, call I call in for that, or because I probably can't come here that many Saturdays. It's just yeah schedule. Well, yeah, you have iPhone. We can plug in for whatever. Unless you want to join in, they're fun movies. I'm good. I hate Harry Potter. I can't believe you love Marvel. You hate Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Star yeah. Wars. I, you did the Star Wars. I like Star Wars. I like Star Wars. You said you didn't like it. I I like Star Wars, but I've never been to Harry Potter and uh, other bullshit. Lord Damn Lord. fool. <laughs> it is bizarre how you cut your fantasy shit. Yeah. yeah you like Thrones. Marvel and DC. Game of Thrones is my bitch. Well, yeah, and it yeah. sucked at the very end. Yeah. Do you like Westworld? You ever watch that? That two sci-fi for you. Westworld on HBO. Oh, we watched two. I watched one, and I, 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 I'm getting like too confused. But yeah. uh, So ninety-four is stacked. Yeah, I've already. I could make a list now if I really wanted to. But nine and. The same as yeah, as we're gonna have to keep. The yeah, same. it's it's gonna be, be five, pretty easy actually. This time I might try to watch things a lot more I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Like Forrest Gump, I've I've seen that so many fucking times I don't even fucking think about. I want. I don't know if that's gonna make it. I think it will. But I I want to rewatch. That. That's one that I have not. seen. Problematic. It's just kind of weird. I have not it's seen a weird it. movie when you think about it. I have not <laughs> seen the movie in ten to fifteen. What's Zemeckis though? So I feel like I need to already watch that one at least. Uh, yeah, uh, Shawshank. I haven't seen in. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that very in long. long time. I'll probably rewatch that. Like I'd be more likely to rewatch that than Forest or Pulp stuff like that, where it's like I know what these movies. I have not seen Pulp are. Fiction in a long time, so that's, that's another one. Minute for... That one, I, that's a fun I, one. I know I'm not a fucking. I say it all the time. I'm not a Tarantino it's fan, a... but that could potentially make a list. Yeah. I still think you need to watch April. We need to do like a hateful eight spinoff, just a one off. Fucking that movie's awesome. We do it in two parts. Justin it's loves four that and a half movie. hours long. No, it's not. <laughs> two forty. It's yeah, long. I know. If Justin loves that Tarantino movie, like Justin's a bigger Tarantino fan than I am. He loves hateful eight. I think actually it might be my mom's favorite of his. Yeah, it's really good. And it was it didn't actually do that well, but it's outside of Inglorious, it's my probably my second favorite. Glorious is probably my favorite. And I haven't seen Hollywood, which is insane. It's been two years I've not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's bizarre. And you have every you you can. I know. <laughs> well, I don't think it's streaming still. You still have to It's on Max. Is it? Yeah. Oh fuck, I'll watch that on my vacation. It's gotta be. 
Because I remember like looking the year it was, and it was like I could even renting Which it. One? Once upon a time in Hollywood. Even renting that was like fifteen dollars. Well, I'm like, I'm not voodoo. fucking doing this. We didn't buy it. Jesse, Jesse bought, bought it. it. Oh, oh, I have Jesse's passwords. Anyways, we're know. at the three-hour mark, like now. Yeah, it's I not that bad though. To say. So I mean, it's see end of September. Do we? Because we gotta do 2021 at the end of the year. The week? Oh yeah, we do. Oh God, do we really have to? Yes, we do. I haven't watched shit from this year. Well, so we. Can't... So let's do one more year and then do from there to the end of the year. Let's do 94, so 93. 90... We can do 94, 93 in That's the next three months. months. Oh, yeah, you're right, actually. It's, it's September, not do... October. Yeah, we can do 94, 93. So, October, 93 and then so October 23rd, which is about a month from now, just over a month, that's Jeannie's birthday week. We're actually doing something in Detroit that day. So oh, that yeah. Saturday, the 23rd, I, I'm all, I can't. Well, so we'd well. have to do either the 30th, which is the day before your birthday, or the 16th, which would be kind of early. No, it's the 18th. We can do the 16th. We can do the 16th because I know enough. Yeah, I know enough. I've already seen two movies. So let's play it on September or October 16th. I already saw Miss Doubtfire and I already saw. It's 93, isn't it? Doubtfire is 93. 94. It's not 94. No, you're fucking full of shit. Jumanji was 94. Oh, whatever. I saw. I thought Jumanji was this year. Now I'm so fucked up. I don't know. No, I think Jumanji was on my exhaust. Jumanji was this year. I could pull 95? Up, I could yeah, pull up. Oh, I don't, I don't live here anymore. I was like, I can grab my laptop. I was like, wait, no, I no, can't. I'm, I'm not here. No, 100%. I almost picked it, but I couldn't get Yeah, 94 it. is... 95 was Jumanji. 94 is like Leon the Professional, The Lion King, Shawshank, yeah. Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction. Um, you are correct on all of those, but I'm pretty sure Jumanji was still... 95. I'm pretty sure it's 95. Stargate Speed. Stargate Speed. Dumb and Dumber. Legends of the Fallen. Yeah, this year's fucking loaded. Ace Ventura. Natural Born Killers. The Crow. True Lies. Just look up Jumanji. It should pop up. I now. could, but... Yeah, Jumanji is 95, could, dude. I won't. <laughs> I'm 128,000%. That's a lot. Fuck. I was thinking of the animated... Or the non-animated Jungle Book, I think. Santa Claus, ninety four. Yeah, dude, you're fucked. Yeah, I, I fucking know Jumanji was ninety five. Right? Yeah, you're right. I went back and forth on deciding if I was gonna do that or not. Jumanji, Jumanji wouldn't have made my list anyways. But. No, but yeah. So I always hated the face of the fucking sun in that movie. We crashing. all still loving this shit. You need to stop using that joke. Okay. On these fucking podcasts. Fuck you. Those are over the phone podcast. Okay, well, I'm out, bitches. No more, no more. I'm out, bitches. Well, shit got a little loose. Hopefully, you understood everything. Whether or not you agree or disagree with our take on the movies, hopefully, you learned something or were at least entertained. So come back for more. Booze and bullshit.